0: There is mild explicit content in this episode. Other than that, enjoy my conversation with Paul Ober. It's a great episode.
1: Unos, dos, tres. Paul, I don't want to mispronounce your last name. It's Ober. Ober. All right, that was that was probably fairly obvious. But knowing me, I, I, Uber, similar to the app, I, I would have fumbled it. You know, it wouldn't have been good. about oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah from massachusetts how you like dem apples i've seen google hunting i'm familiar with the culture i know what's going on i'm very hip okay so what's going on
2: how's how's dem apples yeah (laughs) what does that even mean coming in with those movie quotes that are only 20 years old Let's yeah yeah what does that
1: even mean though how you like dem apples like what what's the significance of that
2: dude if that's a boston thing then i have no idea yeah, no idea at all. What if he was just I like I heard that growing up a lot.
1: What if he just like was like how you like dem like apples- like grapefruits or something like something completely random. Like, I don't know. But you know
2: what? I'm convinced that most of that shit just stays because it sounds cool. There are so many, uh, Paul. Oh, there's a fancy word for them. Uh, I call them bullshit sentences. There's plenty of them that exist that don't mean. Anything we just attach meaning to them, and you got to look back to like the eighteen hundreds to find out what it means. Might be a, something from Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, that could be it. He was a big deal in New England, I guess.
1: Maybe there's so many no idea like, that. like empty, hollow sentences. Seinfeld had a bit in his last special about the saying "It is what it is." It's like, what does that mean? It's literally an empty sentence. <laughs> what that you does just, that
0: mean?
1: Yeah, in in his Seinfeld voice, where he just like, I don't know, it is what it is. I say that all the time. I I just say it. It's like uh how's how's life it is what it is you know just and you say it in passing just because like either you're you're indifferent to the topic of conversation or you just are you know completely disconnected from what's going on it's just it is what it is
2: what's interesting about you saying that is that you strike me as the type of person that is not an is what it is type of person at all you no. don't strike me as that. For no. the reason why, I mean, you got this podcast going on. Yeah. you are not sit like skipping steps at all. You're you're throwing up like two hour, two and a half hour podcasts mm-hmm. and going for it. Doing these on a regular basis, getting as many people on. as Because I'm a G. That's why.
1: I think that's why. really cool. That's why I'm a G. That's why. I'm a G. No, you commented <laughs> on one of my videos, and I was like. I was like, I'm a sucker for compliments, so I'll take it. It's comforting to my, my selective ego, so I do appreciate that. But, yeah. Well, because good, I'll, I'll good. be hard no, on myself afterwards, I, it's so it's
0: like. That
2: I, uh, I think, I don't know, I, I'm a big fan of hard work. It's essential yeah. to, I don't know, maybe it was how I was raised. It's just what you do if you want something at all. And you might as well work hard because worst case scenario, say you fall out of love with it or you end up not liking it. If you work really, really hard at it, you'll learn lessons along the way that'll apply to other things. So it's just work hard. Just do it.
1: Yeah. It's just. People are so afraid of like
2: starting that they forget that it's actually the hard work that's more important in the beginning.
1: Yeah. Well, I think of the Jim uh, Carrey quote, he's talking about his dad and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's basically like, you can fail at what you hate. So might as well. Try it what you love, basically. Like that's what it boils down to. Which is like that's what this is. At the end of the day, it's just me trying to you know have conversations from tomorrow and be interesting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I like that's it. it. That's it. And, and in terms of like the two hour forty five minute thing, it's just like I want to. It's it's more like an fu to like people's attention spans and even my own attention span. Like I'm I'm so ADD on YouTube all the time. I'll like half watch a video about like. some political nonsense then I'll be like what's Cardi B doing now it's like well that's the state of our world so it's just like I I like to you know just be a contrarian and that's it
2: there's a big reason why I was intrigued by this opportunity you know I mean I looked Mm -hmm. up your podcast on YouTube and stuff and uh, the first time uh the the cursor is just the, the little Icon that shows you where you are in the video. Yeah, it's just not moving. And I thought something was broken. No. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, oh shit, this is long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, no. No. This is a uh, Tarantino long. No. 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 So I, I know. It's like
1: this is I a like James it. Cameron movie. I'm pulling James Cameron times. It's like, you know, you're you're spe- you're spending all that money on a ticket to watch what? Once upon a time in Hollywood, Avatar. It's like I'm putting out, you know, I'm putting out classics on the regular. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yes, so. dude, you're the Scorsese savior of podcasting Yeah, that's I the mean, yeah Fucking
1: love it Yeah, I, I have, I don't know what my Goodfellas episode would be though I don't know what my Goodfellas episode would be You know, I don't know Maybe uh, the guy had episode 33, uh, Tony Bascellia, He's a straight up Italian, like hard worker You know, immigrant, uh, post-immigrant mentality Just get the job done, no nonsense So I guess that's my Goodfellas episode
2: But yeah Okay I think my good Goodfellas episode would just be to uh, uh, see how long I can go without peeing. I chug water. I, I got a margarita. <laughs>
1: we'll yeah. see how this
2: goes.
1: Maybe. If you, got, if, you got to, if you got to go, you got to go. What <laughs> I can't You can't pee. This is like school. You have to ask permission before you're allowed to, you know, let go of uh, your bladder and just, um, you know, let it go into the abyss and everything.
0: Yeah.
2: You don't want me to just Irish goodbye? Just real quick. Just be like, and he's gone. <laughs>
1: No. no. 20 minutes later. Ah, oh, sorry. No.
2: It took longer than I expected. Yeah. My
1: bad. yeah. And then after
2: uh, there, solid ten minutes of uh really appropriate toilet humor though after that.
1: Maybe, maybe.
2: That's content. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know if toilet humor is what people want nowadays, though. I think everyone wants like, you know, med- mediocre political satire that that you know is just kind of trash. Every who's the who's the Sarah Cooper girl? Isn't she the one that does the Trump impression?
2: Uh yeah, she got famous on TikTok, and then she just hosted um, uh, The Late Show with Jimmy Fallon. No, not Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel.
1: Oh, really? Well, she's not even, like, doing a Trump impression. Like, she's not doing the voice. And no disrespect to Sarah Cooper, but, like, she's just, like, mouthing the words very animated, and it's, like, give her, you know, give her a Nobel Prize for being intelligent. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> like... Huh, that's an interesting like Cardi B's interviewing example. Joe Biden and L. Cardi yeah. B Cardi B if, if you know what if they decide to replace Jake Tapper, Cardi B is an option. Like Cardi B is a political pundit.
2: I don't uh, <laughs> I don't understand. So people are fascinated by uh, by pop culture, right? Yeah. It's kind of like um pop culture icons. They're fascinated mm-hmm. by it. And what has unfortunately happened, especially um uh, especially since Donald Trump got elected into office in America, is uh, pop culture icons started being, uh, getting very, very, very vocal in politics. Yeah. And uh, you know, about ninety ninety percent of very famous people in America are liberal leaning.
1: I would say and, it's and, uh, more whether than that because
2: that's their actual views, or they want to like protect themselves. Yeah. Uh, from stepping on any shoes and stuff like that, regardless yeah. of the reason, that's what it is. And because they have a voice and because it gets views, and I think there's a mix of people abusing that yeah. uh, with people trying to use their platform to make a difference that they think is a good thing. But I think there should be limits to that, and Cardi B should not be interviewing Joe Biden.
1: That's she's interviewing Joe Biden. Well, also, it's like softball questions, and she's like, Joe Biden, uh, will you give us Medicare for all? And Joe Biden's like... In another dimension, half the time, uh, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so, I so... yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that one coming, but yeah, um, you know, and it's like, it's like, wh- what's better than pop culture icons and warmongers? You know, like, you at know? the end of the day,
2: not much. That's why the Rock is trying to run. That's why Kanye. You you know the fucked up thing about that Kanye thing? I think he actually wanted to run for president. Um, I think I, he actually wanted to.
1: Yeah. Um, I like Kanye. I don't like to see Kanye, you know, freaking out and or mad, you know. I know. Right? And also, you know, when I'm referring to warmongers, I'm not, like, referring to Joe Biden. I'm just, like, referring to, like, the broader political system that, you know, is kind of the permanent government that people are pissed at but don't know how to, like, target properly. So they just scream into the void and, you know, whatever. What do I know? I'm a 15-year-old kid with a mic.
2: Dude, I'm a 29-year-old with an iPhone. I'm
1: yeah, not the state of there. our world. This is, this is it.
2: And that's funny, too, is that um, uh, the younger generations over and over and over again are always more informed than the older generation earlier on now because that's just how technology works. Uh, mm-hmm. The longer that you spend on the internet, the more informed you become of just everything that's happening. Uh, it's, it's just so many opinions now.
1: Yeah, it's the like the problem
2: is that it's so hard to form your own opinion about anything because there's a lack of unopinionated news happening at all. Because unopinionated news to people is is boring subconsciously. Yeah. I think everybody wants it, it's entertainment. The reason why we watch the opinions is because the opinions interest us. That's
1: all. it's. I don't know, there's an element to like living vicariously through these crazy psycho pundits and uh, what's the word catharsis? Like it, it's. Almost like um, like a relax. It's almost relaxing to like watch these people just you know go off a bit. It's like Alyssa Milano just tweeted something. Let's let's give her, uh, let's bow down to Alyssa. You know, like Alyssa Milano.
2: That's a you know? call up. Yeah, that's a throwback person.
1: Yeah, well, Alyssa Milano. She she's like, she was like big on believe all women, and then once like Joe Biden had the allegations against him, she's like, well, due process. And it's like, you you just did a friggin' 180 and some change there. And something about, like, her husband's a lawyer that represents him. Maybe I could be wrong there, but, yeah, I don't know. I
2: don't know anything about the Alyssa Milano, Milano story, to be honest.
1: No, she's, well, she's a, a fun character, you know? It's like, if if the view ne- ever needs to replace... Represent- she- if The View ever needs to replace Meghan McCain, you know, just, just throw Alyssa up there. She'll give you a headline or two. <laughs>
2: I don't know. Well, I, I guess that's, that's the... I, I don't know anything about the situation, obviously, but I suppose that's the issue, right? Is that, yeah, too many you know, you opinions. You a big name to something and everybody cares. I oh, yeah. think that's why he chose Cardi B. Because <laughs> it's not Cardi B reaching out and being no. like, we need to do this, we need to do this, and just being like, okay, like Biden swept up in it. No, he has a whole team of people Mm-hmm. Telling him like, hey, this is how you're going to reach the audience. that The younger demographic.
1: Them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of smart political move, but it's so blatantly, like almost tone deaf and obvious, like what they're trying exactly. to do. Like, it's like, exactly. let, let's it's get totally Cardi B. She just went, she, she just, uh, you know, made a song about WAP. And now she's going to talk to Joe Biden about, you know, foreign policy. Like, <laughs> this is the state of our world. And no, and everyone's like, congrats, Cardi B. It's like, um, um, uh, Joe Biden. What are you, what are you gonna do in, in the Middle East? Like, I don't know. Like that, Cardi B is equipped to like give these questions. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's better. She, Maybe it's Cardi- better than... Is she going
2: to have follow-up questions? Is she going to have follow-up <laughs> questions about the war in the Middle East? Is she yeah. going to have follow-up questions about financial uh, policies for America?
1: Yeah. Uh, 20, million no people, 20 million people are expected to be evicted, uh, Mr. Biden. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if I was in this position, then uh, I would magically fix it because blue is good and red is bad. It do- it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars with Cardi B. It's become blue versus red featuring Cardi B. It's do you call it Starbursts? No, Star Wars. <laughs> it's political it's so Star bad. Wars. It's
2: Skittles. It's Skittles. Yeah, taste yeah. The Rainbow, but only half.
1: Yeah. It's it's red vers <laughs> it's red versus blue, and you throw in some other colors there. I don't know. It's so stupid. That's why I almost respect the I like the multi-party system in Canada. It's it's better. Less more people are less volatile because it it, it doesn't become a thing of like Sith versus Jedi jedi versus sith it's just like you're more open to sharing things because it's like if i want to start a political party i could maybe i'd even gain some traction so it's like you can't do that there because you guys have this permanent system in place
2: which is which doesn't even have to be permanent it's just something that all the politicians know is best for them so they don't want to change that's all yeah yeah and and it is all about getting reelected, and like you know i mean
1: yeah, and then they leave that's, office that's and sign problem, giant yeah. book deals, and that's how they're worth $100 million after a career in politics.
2: <laughs> yeah, they they really, I mean, there's enough people in politics that are doing it just for the money.
1: Yeah, that, you can that, tell that there's, there's some real goobers. Yeah, there's some real goobers, you know. yeah
2: well it's like and so the definitions people are obsessed with definitions now uh because of the sheer amount of lies that are fed to the american public uh daily Mm
1: -hmm. and so
2: everybody cares about the definition of this the definition of that like as an example the socialist thing about bernie sanders and stuff like that yeah i don't think he's coming out and he wanted to be well he wanted to be democratic socialist and and that's a very specific word that means something but it was completely lost on everybody because it had that second word socialist. Nobody cared about the first part or what that phrase democratic socialist actually means. And so it got demonized immediately. And the other issue is that on the other opposite side of the spectrum, um, being a Republican is focused on the idea of being conservative uh, to like the alt right. Almost it's as if um uh, so the way that blue v- views red right now is that there's no, if you, um, if you identify as Republican, mm-hmm. then people immediately demonize you as uh, racist.
1: Yeah, as, which is in, not true.
2: As somebody who doesn't care, uh, uh, as somebody who doesn't look at things empathetically.
1: Yeah. And
2: that narrative is created because somebody like Donald Trump got elected. It has nothing to do with being a Republican and wanting things to maybe, I don't know, the, the idea behind conservatism, uh, doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I think progress is just important. Thinking things that should always stay the same way that they are doesn't doesn't make any rational sense. But regardless of that, uh, you shouldn't just do progress in any direction willy nilly either. It should it should be well thought out. It should be planned. It should be for reasons. It should be uh, aimed at helping people in a good way. Yeah. The, the, the big issue is the demonization of both sides, and like, it's just it, dumb. You can't get through to somebody if. Blue is calling red a bunch of racists and a bunch of people who hate progress and a bunch of bigots. And you got the red side where the people that you hear, same thing with the blue side. The people that you hear on the red side are calling the blue side a bunch of whips as if like they can't take care of themselves. They need big government to help them out because they take no responsibility. Those arguments are the ones that get on TV when life isn't like that.
1: It's the divide and conquer strategy that's what it is, exactly. essentially, and also going back to Bernie Sanders um I don't know if Bernie Sanders should be the prime example of like a progressive front because at the end of the day he had opportunities to turn on his own party and like help out and and really create a difference, but he didn't because he bowed down to the establishment and you know what i don't I don't know if he's necessarily like the shining example of a revolutionary figure if that's if that's even what he defines himself as, but I don't know, I think the whole mumbo jumbo of red versus blue, I know I was nodding a bit back and forth and like trying to like gauge what you were saying, but it's honestly just a divide and conquer strategy. Somebody said something, exactly. it's like the mainstream media is, is uber wealthy people um telling, you know, other wealthy people to tell the middle class that poor people are causing all your problems. It's like this chain kind of thing. You know what I yep. mean? Yep.
2: Yep. Absolutely. It's uh it's the poor
1: yeah. If people it is a were just like strategy,
2: divide and conquer is all about class,
1: yeah, and people are like, you know, when they everything is like, bro, there's only one real color that matters, and this is gonna sound super preachy and cringy, but there's really only one color that matters in government, and that's green. At least in 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 the U.S. in Canada, it's monopoly money and everything and and all that stuff, but in the U.S., it's green, like. That's, that's it, you know? Like, everything else is kind of a smokescreen to get them to, you know, dangle the carrot and, and confuse you.
2: And that was, um, in terms of Bernie Sanders, that was a big deal because he was the first candidate to not accept any money from corporations for an entire campaign. But then he took
1: super And actually come
2: close to the Democratic nomination. Um, he, he... I think, uh, if you're talking about 2016 and 2015, when Bernie ended up not getting the DNC, nomination he was screwed and uh, hillary ended up winning it that was i mean do you do you know anything about uh also a lot of my my information i mean i'm not the most informed person on yeah, this stuff i'll just read that right
1: out he was screwed right out of the gate
2: but he was pretty screwed out of it so that being said for him to try and like actually get traction and try and uh, get the nomination this year which he failed to do again and he lost to biden I can imagine that he would try and get elected more so than publicly stay on the same exact trail. And even then, the biggest argument, the biggest complaint that you have in America about Bernie is that he just would not get rid of that billionaire stance. Everybody liked it, but it was obviously going to screw him out of politics because money is so inherently important. So the idea of like, it was like a revolution, quote unquote, that couldn't work. Because even in all of these poor neighborhoods, over and over and over again, these poor counties all across America, if they're Mm -hmm. polling like they're going to vote for Joe Biden, suddenly their polling station shut down. Suddenly they have to travel twenty miles to the nearest polling station. That doesn't. doesn't Are you referring to like gerrymandering?
1: Gerrymandering and all that
2: stuff. It's exactly what happens uh, to. bernie in 2016 in the mm-hmm. well 2015 whenever that exact time Are they even was,
1: screwed but, them like, they screwed them over sorry i'm just moving my camera sash thing it's so oh you're fine
2: annoying.
1: yeah i don't get it, to
2: talk about this stuff much i like
1: it yeah have fun you know all right kobe rest in peace man
2: <laughs> oh R.I.P.
1: Right. yeah no it man what a what a, I, I, I vividly remember that moment like it didn't even register with me that the guy's gone. Maybe his legacy is, is just that power. His legacy is really just that powerful. Man, what a what a strange, what a strange string of events. But anyways, yes, Bernie.: Yeah, Bernie. Bernie. Oh me, me. <laughs> Yeah, I was like I was yeah. like, where, where's this ball? Where, where's this going? <laughs> you were talking well, about how know. he got screwed.: uh, We don't
2: have to talk about politics the entire time. Uh, no, my my just, big like, thing is board. that, like, my, so here's um here's a general overview of the way that I I sort of view the world, and, and so it goes into my politics, right? And I just try to look at things as empathetically as I can, to the point where it's like, I people forget what the point of empathy is. Empathy is understanding a person's situation, being able to put yourself in their shoes and understand it from their point of view uh, without judging it uh, negatively. So understanding where somebody's coming from, I think, is really important. Now, if you, can, if you have the ability to do that, put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you don't demonize their decisions as often. I'm not talking about serial killers. Don't put yourself in their shoes. I'm talking yeah. about regular people in real-life situations.
1: Yeah. And, and
2: that's what I try to do. So when it comes to uh, politics and stuff like that, the demonization is what bothers me. And that's what the media sort of spins on it. So pretty much everything, I mean, I've posted stuff about politics on my Instagram, uh, the stuff that pisses me off. Most of the stuff that I post is a little bit liberal leaning. I don't really get to voice my, any of my like conservative, I suppose fiscal views, but like it, the reason why I lean that way so much and so often is because I try to attack with empathy. And I think that people Misconstrue the ability to do a lot of things. The idea of America first is an example. You've probably heard that statement. Yeah, that was like a Canada.
1: Democrat stance. Like that's what the Democrats were saying like 20 years ago. Like America I don't know first, why that's America become first. such a polarizing thing. It's like, like I I don't get that. It's just, yeah. like there I don't know. It's it's so it's so stupid.
2: It's stupid, because if you actually genuinely believed in America first, you would be doing everything to help the people here instead of abroad.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that's so like... That's
2: the issue about all the wars and stuff. Uh, why are we in uh, dozens and dozens of countries across the globe when we don't need to be? Why Yeah, we go you're,
1: you're a globe place? police. Non-intervention uh, wars, or interventionist wars, all that stuff, yeah. Feed that yeah, war so machine. This,
2: uh, it's, it's a cult of uh the it's a cult ideology and the the politicians run it about where the mo- where's the money going to come from to do this where's the money come from to do that and uh being in a lot of these other countries it's kind of like investment banking to a degree they, they expect a return being able to go into these places and if you believe that money runs politics a lot it obviously runs a lot of
1: wars it does it's it, not a it.
2: huge leap. that's not really a conspiracy or anything it's important that there's well, a lot of money in war so didn't trump come out account? and say like-
1: he was talking about like a, a saudi weapons deal or something and he's like tremendous deal made us a ton of money uh, brilliant deal beautiful uh, uh, like he was just going off about it. and like he's, he just like exposed the fact that war is is all about the money you know
2: exactly it's like oh, he you got I mean-
1: you have a guy going out and saying it so it's like it's not it's not obviously bogus He's a dunce. Is he though? No. no. with his media, yeah, absolutely. Is he? I don't know. Q and would disagree. Q and on. <laughs> no beef to that community. You know, there's like there there's some validity in, in there's like a fair amount of validity in what they're saying, but I, I don't I don't think the guy's casting a shadow war on these people. But like I think th- you know, you know, they are bringing up interesting things to light. But I think some of it's just kind of bogus. yeah i don't know if trump's a dunce i think it's all in his strategy he's a master he's like a master communicator but his specialty is in like just being an average communicator if that makes any sense whatsoever like that's his whole no the difference is uh, he no he knows how to he knows how to get under people's skin, he knows how to get people riled up. Like, I don't know if you saw his NYC uh, police union speech, but he got the people going there. At the end of the day, the guy is a salesman. So this whole argument that, like, Trump is dumb. Exactly. It's like, how did a guy win? How did a guy sway people over with $200 million in his campaign? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, he can't be a so moron.
2: He's an, I call him a dunce because, so have you ever done any sales?
1: Uh, y- 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 sure. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, not, uh, have you ever not, met not a formally? Person? Yeah. Have yeah.
2: you ever met a salesperson? Yeah, one hundred percent. So, what what they do is a uh, regurgitated method and methodology at attacking situations that, and uh, guiding situations back into a sort of arena where you have control.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: salespeople uh, rely on being able to control conversations. They rely on being able to use their body language, dictation, the tone of voice, um, what to acknowledge and what to ignore, and stuff like that in order to sell you a product so that you can, be, uh, you can get the distractions out of the way. And instead of focusing on the person talking, you have the ability to imagine using a product and stuff like that. And I did sales and, uh, for three and a half – oh, well, actually more than that because I did fundraising for a charity and used surprisingly similar tactics to get people to donate to charities. But hmm. so a total of, I would say like, uh, six years, four, five years of sales experience. And I hated, I, I hate doing it. And if quarantine has taught me one thing, it's that I'm never going back to it. I'm so done with it.
1: But yeah, I don't know if you can call it a quarantine out this it, year. It, it's been half that. a year.
2: <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of dumb people that can talk very well. And that's what, and he's a dumb person who talks very well and, and when you have and obviously he had the uh he had the million dollar loan and stuff like that <laughs> yeah bull, bull crap, the, the, the cult of personality stuff what it ends up being is that if he is a genius in anything it's talking yeah and it's yes. selling and but you can still be a dunce and be able to control a room with words it's actually just a list of things that he was probably taught it at a young age i mean coming from a rich family so If you just learn how to do those specific types of things in sales, then you just get sales statistically. And when you're focused on the statistics of things, you also stop caring so much in the moment about how each individual conversation is going to go because you're looking at at the whole. So the things that he's smart in is in the moment stuff that is tried and true that has gotten him financial success. But I would never, because of all of the successful salespeople that I've met that are exactly like him, mm-hmm. same type of political views, same type of personality, talk exactly the same way, practically the same accent. Uh, and many of them could not hold a conversation outside of a sales point of view, outside of trying to control things, outside of trying to. It's yeah. so. Well, that becomes
1: like everything, yeah. they're trying to dominate in every interaction they have because they're so entrenched in what they're doing just like you know
2: they're entrenched in control yeah well it's just an obsession with that and that's what he has and it just translated to politics because he's very good at convincing large portions of people to buy stuff so he selected a target demographic and he advertised to them the way that he knows how which is just uh bossing I uh, guess being in your face Flexing. it worked on the apprentice it worked on getting tv it worked on getting uh real estate it's so why wouldn't it work in politics you just did the mm-hmm. same tried and true thing and I think it's more impressive for somebody to be thoughtful about their actions and try to try, try to leave a legacy try to do things like that I that that's doesn't way that's more not what... than somebody just obsessed with the moment
1: that's not what's what's gonna happen in the American political system. You either you either need your standard establishment person or your outsider that just you know causes anarchy and makes people go nuts. So exactly, exactly. Know, but he's like, I would call him a master orator. Pause on that. He's like an opposite of Obama's approach, where Obama's like, "Hello, hope you guys are doing well." Pauses. He's, you know, more eloquent. <laughs> that wasn't bad. <laughs> Yeah, he does the. Pause. Wad-a-bop. Pause. He speaks in sound bites, and it's like more eloquent. Where it's like deceptively, yep. like he. I was listening to his speech. I was watching an old JRE clip with Duncan Trussell, and he's talking about like invading or going into Syria, and his language was like so deceptive, and and so like, I don't know. It, it just. I don't know how to describe it. It's just very deceptive, and you know, eloquent. And it, Trump is the complete opposite. He is the complete like he's doing the complete opposite thing. But they're most, they're both master orators in their own regard.
2: Yeah, um, the, I think uh, Obama was much more focused on the idea of legacy while he was in office with how he talked. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of people that can like or dislike. Uh, some of his policies and stuff like that. Um, I was a big fan of Obama's social policy in America. I think it mattered a lot. And I think the type of people that got genuinely upset about it are an extreme minority. But I think you can spin anything with a loud enough voice. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people ended up disliking Obama's policies because the people who wanted to rile people up got very vocal. And instead of defending their own selves, start poking holes in somebody else. Somebody yeah. else is well, but I think that Yeah. I yeah, think the he, main
1: he, criticism, like one of the main criticisms of Obama is kind of like the war stuff, you know, the drone strikes and you know that that whole thing. I
2: tell people about that shit all the time.
1: The yeah.
2: he blew up I, I remember that one morning on Google, he blew up a whole village in Iraq. Yeah. He blew up an entire village. There were big buildings and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a town, actually. I shouldn't even say village. It was a town, and it just blew up. Hundreds of people. The devastation was incredible. The photos started going viral online real quick. And an hour later, I wanted to show somebody what had happened, and you can't find any of the images on Google anymore.
1: And nobody, nobody talks nobody heard about, about it. it at all. Yeah. Same thing with like Twitter suppresses stories that doesn't fit their narrative all the time. But then wrong Trump goes trending after Trump's brother dies. It's like. What's going on here? You know what's 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 going on? It's like selective censorship. It's like it's not censorship when it fits, you know, their narrative in a way. I know I'm sounding like like I'm I'm more <laughs> anti-establishment right now than anything. I'm I'm just kind of like you know just leave me alone, kind of f both sides.
0: <laughs> leave me
1: alone. Uh, yeah, just leave me alone. Like, can everybody just shut up? Like, why are we all? political even over here everybody's like a bit you know it's it's more there's tension you could kind of feel it it's it's tangible you could say
2: who does it uh, benefit to have that type of uh rampant almost viral emotional state who does it benefit that's the reason it's there
1: the people at the top the people at the top Uh, that's 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 what it is did people watch parasite everybody was talking about how profound parasite was I don't Such think a good it, movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I, I, I love that movie. Yeah, it's it, Yeah, like, you know, uh, you could throw around the term masterpiece and all that stuff. It's like, but, but did anyone, like, one of the main takeaways from that movie is, like, the verticality of life. Like, I don't, I don't know if people realize, but, like, the whole story is told by, like, down and up and just, like, the camera movement and cinematography. It's all designed to make, like, the people at the bottom feel low. And and, in the trenches and in the dumps and then the rich, like this is fairly obvious, I guess you could say, but like not really. And then, and then the people who have like the, the rich family, I think the park family is their name. You know, they, they have, they live on the top of the Hill. They overlook everything. So Mm -hmm. did anybody not think about, yeah. yeah, Did anybody not think about like the verticality of life? If that makes sense. I
2: get that. There's, um, the Hollywood Hills, yeah, Beverly Hills. Uh, the idea that the higher up you go, uh, the better the view. The higher up you go, the more mm-hmm. you need to deserve it. And the lower that you go, it's it's all yeah. The metaphor was really good. I mean, they were literally below the street. Yeah, that's why their house got flooded. Uh, you know, hashtag spoilers don't. You know. Well, if
1: you haven't seen a, you know, it's that's your kind of problem at this point.
2: It, it was. It's an incredible. Is it? I don't. Like, it one best AirPods, picture, if you didn't
1: watch AirPods, it by now,
2: but pardon? But is only a year and a half, but but still, you gotta watch it, like, yeah, how have you not?
1: Yeah, it's good, and I didn't, I just, like, watched it on my computer, it wasn't anything fancy, and it still had, a, like, a cool effect on me, so that just goes to show you that, you know, even without the, the proper formal cinematic experience, it can still get to you, and, you know, make you, your mind wander, but yeah. Well, even even Snowpiercer is kind of like that. Uh, Bong Joon-ho's, one of his other films, it's like the poor are in the back and then the rich are in the front, you know, and they got to work their way up. And, and that can be like connected to, you know, like Ascension becoming like greater, moving up in the world, you know, royalty, hierarchy, all, all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know if anything I'm saying is particularly like uh, new or, or interesting, but yeah, that's just...
2: Most um, opinions aren't new. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, don't don't ever feel bad because if it's what you genuinely think and believe, it's okay. Everybody has their own spin on anything. I mean, it, it's history's been around and the internet's been around too. All yeah. right. I mean, we're growing up on the internet in the first place. the The same amount of information is generally available to almost. To to a large portion of the human race. A lot of our opinions are technically hacked. It's just how it is. There's nothing you can do. You know, we've read so many sentences at this point. But, like, no, don't ever... Just because it's not original doesn't mean it can't be how you think. It's totally fine.
1: Like, sometimes I wonder, is there, like, somebody out there who has never had, like, an original thought? In that, like, everything they've thought of has already been thought by somebody else in time, whether that be thousands or hundreds of years ago? Like what? What it, What is? What is Paul's original thought?
2: My original thought, um, it would have to be absurdism at the point. At this point, I think. But it's like helping.
1: absurdism. A
2: lot, actually, with the absurdist material.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, life is strange. You know, that that's to be expected at this point. The, the Pentagon re- released UFO things, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is just Tuesday's afternoon news." You know, like. <laughs>
2: nobody's talking about the ufo thing anymore because
1: Because everyone's just like the
2: dumbest possible news of all time nobody's talking about it because it is either 2020 is so cataclysmic that it is either
1: i like to i like uh, to be optimistic the the
2: craziest news story of all time or or the craziest misdirection of all time there is no in between on that news article and people's brains are just fucking fried
1: they yeah. Can't they're just like, them. I got to pay my so bills. Tough. I got to pay my bills. There's it's
2: going on. How am I going to pay my bills? Uh, uh Our business is going to open up again. How do I get another job? There's fucking aliens up there. All right. Let's. I got to get my car fixed. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, there's aliens. It's like... No, I can't. I can't handle that right now. Come back in a month because because people can't even trust it the the concept of aliens is so foreign and such a ridiculous I don't think so I think people, quote, quote, people are already like
1: I I feel like people have people have some people probably have some like you know strange cousins they're like I I think my cousin Jimmy is extraterrestrial you know like I I feel like people are just like it, it's it's another thing like especially in a secular world most people like are aware of the vastness of the universe so they're probably just like whatever. I, I got to go work at Walmart, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's just, it is what it is.
2: That's a big reason why I chase comedy. And I think that's the reason why you do a podcast. Uh, they make so many movies uh, that have to do that. Okay. Every successful person says the exact same type of stuff to people, right? Yeah. and yet people Work still hard, don't live by
0: it. Grind. Every
2: religious figure pretty much says the exact same stuff, but people still don't live by it. It's a, it's a set of very simple things that usually come back to empathy, in my opinion, but also just working hard and uh, actually doing something that you enjoy, because why would you waste 40 to 60 to 80, some people 100 hours a week doing something that you, you, don't, you don't give a shit about? Jim Carrey, you already said him, but there's, it's the same exact thing said by every successful person. Nobody's out there saying, other than Tosh.0, oh, who's hilarious, and he's like, no, everybody gets, this is raw talent. I don't deserve this. Like, that was a funny joke.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't I seen see much him. of Daniel Tosh's stuff. I listened to one of his albums on Spotify.
2: It's much funnier live. Some mm. of his stuff is very fun, just auditory, but just seeing him not give a fuck is fantastic. To me. Yeah. I, I can't. His,
1: his demeanor but yes, is funny.
2: But, but, you know, so when you get a story about aliens, the only people that are paying attention to that kind of stuff are happy people because, but 99% of humanity is fairly, at least in America don't know about Canada. I'm not sure
1: happened. Uh, okay, okay. Listen, you know, some Canada, care? this whole myth about Canadians, you know, chugging down maple syrup, saying a boot and a to everybody and just, you know, opening the doors for everybody. It's like, there's some real like mouth breathing goobers out here, you know? did you say mouth breathing goobers yeah there's some mouth breathing goobers out here you know you like you you walk into some like straight up like mud rat genetic people you know what i'm talking about just like those those people who are just like they don't care anymore you walk into those people nothing against these people but it's just like i don't know there's some pockets you know there's good people and there's your bad people but this myth that everyone's like happy go lucky it's like people people like Cut in front of people online. They'll tell you to f off. They'll flip you off. Like people, some people suck. Yeah.
2: Okay. Breaking true. news. I mean, there's bad. Breaking there's, news. There's
1: that, that'll 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 be on that that'll be on CNN tomorrow. Some people suck. That <laughs> That's that sounds how's like you? I'm 15. That sounds like a New York Times.
2: Canadian says on podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. That <laughs> sounds like a. Suck. That sounds like a new york Times op ed like some like self righteous uh twenty something journalist on in in that text some people suck uh, 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 or like that that sounds like an Instagram post, some people suck a thread and it's like this eight page thing that nobody reads
2: maybe uh maybe aliens are so obsessed with humans that that's a big time article in the alien newspaper yeah, some people suck no they well, don't
1: imagine if we're like one just big Truman show for an alien civilization how defeating how defeated would we be if we one day found that out <laughs>
2: what movie was that um truman show uh, guide guide to the galaxy a well, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy That's i haven't i haven't seen old that concept.
1: um i've been yeah. slacking on movies i've just been sticking to like podcasts and um youtube because i can't be handle a lot of this stuff yeah i, I well, was big into
2: guide indie movies
1: old yeah I was big into indie movies right before, like the world did not w- what right before, like the world went weird. Yeah, but okay. I don't know in Wuhan in Wuhan, China. You know, they're back to normal essentially. They're partying up in a water park. I don't know if you saw that. So it's like, you know, are they are Damn. they just are they just like at this point, let's just spin each other's mouths and get this over with? Like, what's going on over there?
2: Sounds like America. Sounds like know. where I live, Huntington Beach, is going viral for just not wearing masks.
1: Yeah, isn't your area, isn't that like a red area, a Republican area?
2: Uh, yeah, Huntington Beach. So I moved here, uh, which is kind of funny because, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a boyfriend. I'm bi. Uh, and, like, I had no idea that Huntington Beach, historically speaking, has a lot of vocal, bigoted, and racist people. That has nothing to do with it being red. Mm-hmm. Those types of people tend to vote red uh, just because that's the narrative um, Yeah yeah, yeah yeah I know some that's, people, that's
1: suck. Awesome. Some yeah, people some, suck Some people exactly. suck some people some people suck. I don't want to want I don't want to come across as like anything, a staunch yeah. anything like I I don't want to be like yeah no that's wrong like I'm I'm not a staunch anything you know Just right. be staunchly
2: yourself that, that's 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 my opinion about Word it Word of the
1: day Gary V should take that and milk it into 30 posts <laughs>
2: Content. yeah this is, how, this is how you do it <laughs> empathy one <more. laughs> that was like yeah d rock over I, I there it's D-O all about maximizing your content yeah 10 minute podcast 60 pieces of content
1: are you on bike i hate when people are like i do a podcast to promote my brand it's like it just defeats the whole purpose of it or like people like just because they wanted like have something in multimedia and expand from, you know, video, audio, and have five different ventures at once. So it's like, listen to me, talk about, you know, cars. Listen to me, talk about my, uh, um, uh, pancake obsession. It's like, why?
2: Where's the substance?
1: <laughs> yeah. Where's the substance? Talk about like some crazy stuff. Why don't you talk about, you know, politics, warmongers, all, all the things we've talked about in this thing, you know, we got it.
2: This is covered such a wide array of bases i'm having the time of my life but this i mean like the at, the time, at the same time at
1: the same i've been listening to a lot of jimmy door you know i don't know if you know who that is
2: d apostrophe o r
1: no 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 d o r e the progressive guy on youtube he's always aggressive like i'm this is what people don't understand like aggression and and being aggressive sells and that's the and that's what ever and that's how that's what everything's yep. about
2: I have, a, I have a bit about how much I uh, fucking hate cats, and the entire bit is aggressive mm-hmm. as hell. I go, aggr- because, like, you can't care that much mm-hmm. about a pet. <laughs> and so that, it's inherently funny to get yeah. very angry about just the existence of a pet. But I think that cats fucking suck. And so <laughs> it's just, <laughs> they do. And, uh, like, I will defend that to the death. I've never lost an argument about it. Um, people have tried playing devil's advocate they they fucking suck it's just if there's a if there's a thing that sucks if you can define what sucking is there's no way you can't put cats on that list
1: mm-hmm. yeah like... cats are like i don't know yeah, i saw this there's go. this there's this buzzfeed video about like cat versus dog people or like they went in on cat people and this dude had like a harness to walk his cat And I'm like, I don't think you understand what's going on here. It's like, these guys aren't, you know, meant to walk around the sidewalks. If you're walking your cat, like...
2: (laughs) There's two different types of cats. That's actually another reason why they suck. You have a house cat and you have an outdoor cat. And there's like no overlap in that whatsoever. You bring your dog on a a fucking plane. Like, you can Mm -hmm. do whatever you want with your dog. Your dog's inside, outside. It's just down for whatever it's whatever you're up to. If there's a party over there, it's going to the party over there so long as you're there. It just loves you. It just wants to be with you. And a cat is so fucking picky that it has to stay inside for the rest of its life or go outside and only use your house as a hub of its evil operations where it pro- probably just plots killing you and then it goes out into the neighborhood and gets laid a million times that you'll never know about and then suddenly you have kittens. You'll never meet the father.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like, you know, a trailer park relationship.
2: It's, it's the worst relationship and it's probably one of the first abusive relationships uh, that Mm -hmm. has ever existed because I've never met a a person who owns a cat that doesn't regularly get hurt by it. But it's like, oh, that's just the cat. It it loves me. It's just, I I did something wrong. That's... (laughs) You yeah. get restraining orders. You win divorces because of that sentence. Yet you decide to pay for the thing to live in your house with you, to use yeah. those excuses.
1: Yeah, I don't like cats, man. Not my thing. I hate cats, dude. <laughs> there's there's this cat. There's this cat that like popped my brother in the face when he was like two. So I don't trust them. You know, like. They're like mini assassins, and if they had the opportunity to, you know, maybe they would unleash. There's some dogs that I'm like, given the right chance, you might, you might, you might snap a bit. There's this kid, uh, a while back, and like uh, I was just like talking to him about his dog. I'm like, uh, how's your dog, or like, what kind of dog do you have? It's like, oh, uh, it's this you know crazy big dog, and he's like, yeah, she's very good, very friendly, but, um. She's killed a possum and, and a couple squirrels, but she's very friendly. It's like, what? Yeah.
2: Well, you know what? There's some. Yeah.
1: There's some. Some dogs suck. Hashtag some dogs suck.
2: But 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 what you just described is every cat. Mm. In fact, cats are worse. Ah, oh, it's killed some of these little small animals and stuff like that. Dude, cats enjoy killing. Cats are just dudes in camo with guns at all times. They just they just enjoy they they enjoy the murder part. They just like killing things. Like the fact that people think that the cat has any affection for us whatsoever, when its hobby is making sure that an animal can stay alive long enough for it to get its fun before. Yeah, it snaps.
1: this sounds like one big metaphor for your government. <laughs> that? It loves to kill. <laughs> Loves, yes. <laughs> loves to kill. Doesn't care about people. Is waiting for the right opportunity to screw you over. It's like, dude,
2: our well, that's because our government is an abusive relationship with our people. It, that so. Yeah, I, I was talking to about that.
1: That's what I said to Justin Marquez. It's like uh, the U.S. is like a deadbeat friend that has potential but never shows up. <laughs> it's like it's like a solid all-around player that just isn't clutch.
2: Yeah. I, I agree. Kind of like uh, Tuga Rask ditching the Bruins.
1: Yeah, I'm not a. You could have just like made up that guy right there and I would have been like, word. I word. did. Don't worry. Yeah. I, he's not. I know who's the. There's Chara on, on the Bruins. I have some hockey, some friends that I have who are really into hockey. There's uh, Chara who's like seven feet tall. Um, yep.
2: On skates.
1: Yeah. He's, there's like, the.
2: He's six, like six, uh, seven feet on. That's uh, That's,
1: that's still a giant. His head's in the clouds half the time. You know, yeah. he's sniffing he's trees. Old. Yeah, I know, but you know, he's still a giant. And then you, there's Brad Marchand, right?
2: Who we um, do you know what the people in Massachusetts call him? No. We call him the Rat King. Ah, uh, why? Well, we call him a rat because he's got he's a uh, he's, we we kind of embrace the reputation that he's gotten for himself. If you if you know anything about Marchand, he's a uh, he he's. He's a mosquito. He's dirty. He's, uh, he likes to, he likes to get under people's skin. Uh, he's, he's that type of athlete. That's just how he is. And, uh, I love him because he's on my team and he's very talented, but he does all these little things. Like the joke is, is like, uh, how many times is Marshawn going to get suspended this year? That's a Hmm. joke. And, uh, you know,
1: you, you always need that kind of enforcer type player, you know, certified punk. Which
2: yeah, he's he's a certified punk. Best word for it. And so other people call him a rat because he's got a very pointy face. And so with that uh, personality, I would search it up, but but I'm like,
1: I would search it up, but I'm just like, I'll leave it. I trust I trust your Massachusetts uh, wisdom. I
2: got my laptop open here. I haven't needed to do shit. This has no. been going great. Yeah. We're, we're Thank like you. three hours in so far,
1: right? No, I don't know. Um, what was I gonna say? What what's the big Boston question? Is it like are are you a Southie? As Bill Burr says, like, what are the Goodwill hunting questions for uh, Boston people?
2: So good uh the Goodwill hunting bar is pretty cool, and people hate the fact that it's now a tourist attraction, which is kind of funny. Um mm. I'm not from Boston though. I didn't grow up in Boston, I'm not I'm not like a Boston person, I just know everything about it. Because when you grow up in Massachusetts, it, it's kind of like L.A., right? Everybody, yeah. If you live in SoCal, you live in L.A. That's what people say. And I live yeah. 35 miles from L.A. But you're if, L.A.
1: You're in LA, LA. L.A. You're You're in so, LA. L.A.
2: So Massachusetts, halfway across the state is 35 miles. And that's where I grew up. So it's like, you know, I know everything about Boston. I just didn't grow up in the city just outside the city. Yeah. But you Good know boy. everything about it. You're not so far removed that you're an idiot,
1: you know. Goodwill Hunting was actually filmed in Toronto, like University of Toronto. Like I've seen, like the you know the spots really? that it was filmed that. Yeah, like it's some no like, way. Yeah, it's like it was even like you know the scene where he slaps on the thing. is, like how you like them apples to the you know punk kid who read a bunch of uh, history textbooks. That, that was, like was filmed. That was filmed in Toronto. That's like that was filmed okay, somewhere so in Toronto. Cool. Yeah, so that's it's like. Cool. One of the, like, uh, the UFT campus in, in, the, in the downtown area, like, that I saw, or it's like, it's not, me saying I saw it isn't, like, anything new. Thousands of people go through it, like, on a daily to weekly basis. It's like, I saw something exclusive. It's like, no, they just, they filmed. It's cool.
2: Well, that's, um, that's cool. Toron- so, I'm actually finding that Toronto is more, 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 more involved in uh, and whether it's comedy, uh, you guys have a very vibrant, uh, comedy scene. Really? Uh, your production scene. Uh, you guys are, we, are a now good getting way scene? more involved in movies. There's a good um, comedy
1: scene? I, I, because I had a guy a on here and he's like. There's a huge
2: comedy scene in Toronto now. It's, mm-hmm. it's much bigger than you think. And there's also a huge EDM scene as well. Uh, you're not, you're obviously not going to raves. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm going to the raves uh, that Biden tried to outlaw. That's where I'm going.
2: <laughs> uh, we call those rants. Yeah. but no <laughs> yeah. uh yeah you know, no um yeah toronto is a very happening city in uh north america right now it's a big yeah, it's it's going um, there's um there's a is a comedian who is persian i believe he's persian i believe that's his what name uh nema Nima nazari Niz, Nima, Nima nazi all right Nima Naz is his uh is his Instagram oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah I know him he's on on the TikTok on the Insta he's funny I like I like his I, yeah I his
2: love his stuff him. is really um, good
1: his comedy is funny he did a show in Vegas one time I think so he's he's big
2: uh yeah he's so he's got like sixty thousand followers on Instagram followers or not I look up to him I have no idea how old he is I just know that he works every single day at making content trying to be himself as much as possible and. It, I I look up to that type of mentality, especially the ones that are good at it. So he's great, but he's just an example. Uh, I've talked to him about uh, what the life is like there. And supposedly Toronto's huge. They, they got so many comedy clubs. Now they like comedy. They want more of it.
1: Not great no, Great
2: comedians have come from Canada. So,
1: yeah. You know, Jim Carrey, Norm Macdonald, Tom, uh, Tim or Tim green, Tom green, Tom green, Tom green. I was I was about to like I I was I was gonna be really embarrassed if I if I messed that up, but yeah. Uh, who else? Norm McDonald's a huge one. You got Russell Peters. Um, that's enough. That's an A-list lineup right there. Uh, the,
2: Russell Peters, oddly, is probably the most world famous out of all those people.
1: Just yeah, did famous. he filmed Notorious was filmed in Australia, right?
2: Yeah, everybody around the world loves Russell Peters. It's so because good. he's very accepting of so many cultures in his stand-up
1: publicly. Yeah, and he's also so, like, like... When he releases
2: a special, it, it embraces everybody and
1: everyone likes it. Yeah, he, he's a cool dude. I'm a fan. Uh-oh. Curry. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, apparently I had a guy on the podcast, Cringe Kev. He posts, uh, he posts some pretty, like, he's more into, like, the conspiracy lane of comedy. He kind of tries to push the envelopes and stuff like that.
2: Uh, what do you mean by conspiracy lanes of comedy? That, that uh, intrigues me. I need a definition of
1: that. His his content speaks for itself. If you're listening to this right now, shout out to Cringe Kev. He makes rap mu- uh, comedic raps and like uh, funny raps, and he <laughs> it's okay. actually like pretty like there's solid like production value in terms of video mate and like the videos, the editing, the the production and mixing behind it, and like his like content.
2: Early Zicky?
1: Maybe you could yeah you could characterize it as that yeah. But Krishkev, okay, cool. his his content it, it, I don't even want to like say anything. just go on with an open mind. It's fun, and his podcast does have like solid production value. It's called Mayo and Chicken. So shout out to that guy and uh, check okay. out that episode. But yeah, he was telling me that the the Toronto comedy scene it's fine, but it's growing it's it's growing n- or growing it's growing, it's growing yeah, yeah. It, it's not all there yet, but it, it's slowly becoming something.
2: The spot that's growing tends to be the place that you wish you were. Uh, well, I moved to LA, be- um, LA because <laughs> New York smells horrible and I hate the city. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't want to live there. So I moved to SoCal because there's there's such a massive uh, comedy scene here that it's just, it's, it's stupidly saturated. That's the word that I'm looking for. Now
1: and because a comic. it's so
2: saturated, people said, don't move there, there's too much competition. Whereas for me, it's I'm surrounded by all these people that love this as much as me. Yeah. And that mattered way more to me than staying in Boston or moving to New York where what i get to smell like a fucking sewer for for how many years and 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 your rent is probably
1: crazy in a studio apartment and all that stuff you're probably it's, it's a mess but also like living in in say a boston or something when you're in la it's kind of like a mix of it's kind of like a mini melting pot if you will so that regional humor that you could rely on as your crutch in like boston wouldn't work in la because you just
2: interesting interesting comment because a lot of people think that Boston humor is like uh, limited and Boston situations are limited and stuff, but people forget the sheer number of colleges that are in Boston, that help yeah. shape the definition of the community. So you have places like Southie that are traditionally uh, conservative in their way of life, but not necessarily politically wise, just conservative in how they do shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And, it's like uh, what does that mean? And
2: they don't, wanna, they don't wanna change, but then you have this entire other side of Boston that has all of the most famous schools in America. And, yeah. and those are all kids. And a lot of those people end up staying in Boston and getting jobs at places like MassGen or trying to go into politics on Beacon Hill and they stay. And so yeah. the culture of Boston does develop. It's just you have those neighborhoods that are stuck, but even those southy neighborhoods that you would quote unquote say are stuck, they're, they're growing as well. Yeah. Especially over the past five, 10 years, they've changed a lot. The comedy scene in Boston is very, very spotty in how you have to attack it. That's the first thing that I learned about being there is because you do have the parts of Boston where you have to be regional. You have, you know, you have to have like the, the sort of voice, you know, yeah. I mean, if, you don't, if you don't sound like them, then they don't want to talk to you. And, and but, but even if you don't, you have to talk about their way of life. Otherwise they don't get it. There are those spots. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of the city is not only, they're very embracing of, like, every culture in the world. Just yeah. for the sole reason that the colleges bring in so much of a crowd for those comedy clubs and those underground open mics and stuff, you have to adapt to that.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: it's, it's a little bit different than, because people always see Boston people as, like, the exact same type of people. And that's how we want to be known. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, how, that's how the Boston people want to be defined is like, as their own people. In reality, it's one of the most diverse communities that I've experienced. Maybe that's not cool. as diverse as LA. Uh, but well, yeah, wherever. that's
1: like everyone and their mother is like, uh, I, I make paintings with my fingers. I'm moving to LA, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I, I don't paintings know. Yeah, I, I do finger painting for a living. Uh, I, I made a shoe company out of, um, reusable gum wrappers and I'm moving out to LA <laughs> and I'm moving to Silicon Valley to seek funding. I don't know. It's just kind yeah, of
2: yeah. I make, I make candles out of metal. God, yeah. A look
1: me. <laughs> There's a, yeah. <laughs> candles out of metal. Yeah. It's just like, uh, what do you, what do you do? Well, I post pictures of my, you know, I don't know. I'm an influencer. What does that mean? What are you influencing? Are you a lobbyist? Um, are does Raytheon back you? Like, what are we talking here? It's like, no, I post pictures of avocado toast. And... <laughs>
2: what would you define an influencer as people who say that's what they are without anything else? No comedy influencer, no acting influencer. No, none of that. People say they're an influencer. What do you think that is?
1: I don't know. Somebody is trying to make money without doing much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bingo.
2: That's fucking it. They're all Nobody wants to call a spade a spade.
1: Nobody wants to call a spade a spade. It's like, all these. Sp- I mean, I, I guess in this, in this, like this economy that um, this generation is inheriting, everybody feels like by doing this on TikTok, you know, you're going to become famous, you know, doing a dab. Is that, is that still in? Um, I feel like a grandpa sometimes, you know, you got to do the, the motorbike thing. You got to do the baby cradle. I think that was a future TikTok song or young thug one. It's like, you got to do the say so hands i don't know it's like everybody thinks they're they're going to be the next uh, charlie d'amelio you know yep
2: yeah, i don't even yeah, know well, if that I made mean, sense yeah, charlie I D'Amelio. Yeah.
1: well she yeah. <laughs> she uses your sound you're taking off as an artist so it's like i i, 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 I
0: mean
1: i did a well, solo I, episode and i was like Charlie D'Amelio and TikTok is basically like the cornerstone of this evolving economy right now. You know what I mean?
2: Explain. <laughs> I like that. I like that like, because I, I feel like, like I know where you're going to go think, with that, and I like it. Go. Think
1: about the amount of money. I was like, Charlie D'Amelio is Guam. I compared her to Guam. Like, Guam? She's, like, she's Guam. Like, Think about the amount of money she brings in, and then like, what's the GDP of Guam? Charlie D'Amelio is Guam. She's a friggin' island. And then you get all of these island-sized TikTokers. You know, you got a you gotta Dubai infrastructure project on your hands. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs>
2: Great. Okay, never mind. I didn't expect you to go to Guam or Dubai. Uh, that's <laughs> not where I expected. So you win. <laughs> this is a competition and conversation. Yeah. Fucking yeah. yeah. No, this I-
1: is a Bill Maher panel where we're ideolo- we pretend like we're, you know... Uh, proponents of uh, open dialogue, but we're really attacking each other.
2: We're, we're good posture away from being Bill Maher right now. We're,
1: yeah.
2: we, we, we are. We are. Like, Man, he's, put he's your kid like up a little bit. So you're looking down. Bam, Bill Maher. All of it. He,
1: he, <laughs> he's funny. He's he does his thing, but he is that he one. is kind of an ass. But anyways, Guam.
2: I like that about TikTok though, uh, but, because um, so like, short form media, which you are not you are inherently not subscribing to by the existence of this podcast, which is fucking awesome. And I really, really like it. Yeah, you
1: know. I am addicted to
2: it. I'm addicted to short form uh, comedy. I love short form comedy. I do want to do an hour special someday with stand up. Of course Mm. I do. Uh, Every comedian does. Um, Long form movies and stuff like that. I will sit down and watch a two and a half hour film. It doesn't bother me at all. I've always been able to pay attention to that stuff.
1: But I like short
2: form comedy because the development of one-liners, one-liners are very difficult to come up with nowadays that are- <laughs> Anthony
1: Jeselnik has entered the chat.
2: Yep, Anthony Jeselnik shows up out of nowhere. He's just like, I fucking heard me. Did somebody yeah. say me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one- original one-liners are hard to come up with. There's a certain level of genius in it. The cool part about TikTok is that the TikTok that I follow is not the dancers. The TikTok that I follow is the one-liner comedians that are doing 15, <laughs> that are doing those 15-second those videos that are so hilariously funny that you can't even, it, sometimes seven seconds long. That's yeah. just like, that was so original. And so what I like is that the, the new, a lot of people say that if you adapt to social media platforms, if you, then you're a hack. What I think is that if you have a truly original voice, why would you not look for as many opportunities to show it as possible and just a, like adapt how your message is delivered to different formats? It's my genuine belief. Like, if I'm going to do a TikTok different than I'm going to do an Instagram post, different than I'm going to do a YouTube post for sure, but it's all going to be genuinely me.
0: I'm just yeah. communicating
2: it in a different way. It's the exact same thing if you're a stand up comedian performing in a different city. Yeah. Plants. You get Plans. it.
1: Yeah. So I got to. Adjust the scenery here, make it interesting. You know, I love
2: it. So, like, so, like with TikTok,
1: not the Bill head.
2: Um, with with TikTok, comedy is what I'm ad- uh, addicted to, because one-liner comedy has turned into one-liner like a. Uh, it's turned into mini skits, but the mm. fastest possible skits. People are actually getting dressed up as different people. For a seven-second video, and that's a lot of fucking effort for "quote unquote" nothing. But it's if you actually giggle from a seven-second video, and it's not of a dog doing some adorable shit, yeah. you're winning so much. Well, that that's was the whole thing with Vine. That's comedy, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that evolution. Long-form anything is never going to go away. But eh, short form is always going to get shorter or, like, exist. Because now it's going like to
1: turn into, like, one-second things. It's like, yeah. do something in one second, you know?
2: Yeah. It's water cooler talk. Yeah. I, I, always, I always reference that. The reason why TikTok's crushing so much, if people are so confused by it or anything like that, you have no further to look than those quick, quick stories that people tell at cubicles, people tell at the train station, People tell on planes. People uh, tell on a quick phone call. Because phone calls, what? Phone calls feel long, but they're like two and a half minutes long. Yeah. But you got TikTok just taking advantage of those little moments that people talk about during their day.
1: Some yeah, the and with those moments tiny moments, short. the Chinese Communist Party is spying on you in your every move. So be wary. Be wary of, every, of everything.
2: So... I'm so torn about that. How do you feel about
1: that? I don't know, man. I feel like it's going to prevent a generation of just like people who are trying to game the system by becoming influencers. But it's also like if, if Microsoft buys it, which is an inter, it's a curious move from Bill, from Billy boy, everyone's least favorite Mr. Rogers impersonator. Um What? Okay. No, just, do you, I like that. I like that. look at the guy's sweaters. Like, do you really trust a guy that wears like sweater vests all the time? Like, like where do you live? Like you don't live in the in the in the in the fall all the time. Why are you wearing sweater? I don't live in the fall. You don't yeah. live in.
2: That's like, so fucking
1: funny. He's wearing the same thing all the time. Like I don't Why I don't know anybody. Why does
2: white person look like Tom Hanks? God damn it.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's That's like funny. it's or like. Or Norm
2: Macdonald.
1: Yeah, you know how you, people talk about like how. Um, when you're married to someone for a certain amount of time, you start to look the same. I think that's the same thing with getting with becoming a baller. You either look like some some Jeff Bezos, you know, straight up like testicle head looking dude, or you're looking like a PBS character. There goes my Audible sponsorship.
2: It's gone. You lost it.
1: No, I've trashed on, you know what, I don't know, whatever. I trash on, I just like talking smack sometimes. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, do I really care about what Jeff Bezos does? No, not not really. Not, not at all. I just made a joke there. If you took that seriously, I'm sorry, but I'm not. You know? Like, I don't know. Whatever.
2: You know what's weird is when you're encountering uh, that hyper-rich culture and it throws you off guard at how normal it is. So Jeff Bezos, arguably, is the most powerful person in the world. Nah, um, nah. That, I mean, nah, with the- I don't
1: even. I don't even think he's top ten. I don't. From, I don't even think we know what power well, is. In,
0: in I don't even well. think
1: we. I don't even think people know what the power is. You know what I'm saying? I feel like true power is mysterious.
2: Okay,
1: true power is mysterious. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's,
2: that's a good nice. point. True power is hidden. Nobody really knows about it. Yeah. That's a good point. Unless but you're Alex Jones because you're
1: a savant, you know? Shout out, Alex.
2: So let's say that Jeff Bezos is uh, is theoretically very powerful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was in a, uh, so I was with my boyfriend and I was in a, uh, oh man, a breakfast place. It's like 11 uh, a.m.
1: Brunch where all good and, things happen. Uh,
2: it, was, it was just outside of Hollywood just outside on the east side. I don't really, I don't know what they call that. We were there. And it it was just like, you know, a place where you get bagels with eggs on it, stuff like that. You know, I mean, like one of those niche little cafes. Jeff Bezos, just fucking interviewing somebody at a table. No guards. No security. No limo out front. You saw him? Jeff Bezos. Really? Uh, I didn't just, he's just, he's just sitting there. Huh. Totally well, normal person. You're he, might, he might to have, like, he might have he might have snipers
1: with. nearby, you know what I'm saying? He might have, you know.
2: <laughs> You're so right. He might have had snipers. Maybe all Jeff Be- maybe Jeff Bezos is so obsessed with wealth and power that he just yeah. only travels with snipers. He he's daring people to fuck with him. Yeah, he's, he's like He's interviewing this person. He's like the Takashi Nine of e-commerce. <laughs> it's like you know how you can't hey you know how e-commerce is technically just a theory? Yeah. So are the red dots in your floor. <laughs> what do you mean?
1: What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got right. he's got he's got some, you know he's got some um you know, military industrial complex goons with him. You know what I'm saying? He's he's got, you know, some real some real troops through the streets. There's a video of him he, like he
2: just, he just had a sandwich in front of him. And yeah. And he just, he had a this is the thing that blew my mind about Jeff Bezos. He had a name tag on him that's, that said Jeff Bezos. He had a name tag on. Mm. blew my mind. Because it's Maybe like it's an illusion
1: light. to make people think he's humble. What if he's playing like 3D chess with people? Where
2: Jeff Bezos, one of the most recognizable individuals in the entire world, having a name tag on that says Jeff Bezos and he's in East Hollywood, well, just east of Hollywood at a cafe interviewing somebody talking about like, so, um, yeah, they're like, probably talking about situation. What would you do? In, you know, like- they're
1: probably talking about how, how do we destroy small business across the world? How do? We- <laughs> <laughs> how <would> like, you- <laughs> what, what's your plan how would you to get things going? Yeah. Tell Listen, we get one. Charlie. We, we don't, Microsoft is a false flag. Yeah, they're a red herring. We secretly purchase TikTok. Now we have a monopoly everywhere. We have multiple social media companies with Twitch, right? So we get Charlie, right? She's basically Guam. We have islands. Uh, we have a territory now. We have a U.S. territory on our hands. We start an uprising. Uh, uh, the United States of America becomes the United States of Amazonia. And then we we uh, spread our monarchy, our, our oligarchy across the world. So what do you say, uh, Bob, at East Hollywood Cafe? I'm in.
2: Exactly. Uh, it's like, you know, I mean, we own Charlie D'Amelio and she's basically Guam and we also own Guam.
1: Yeah. What it's like, it's <laughs> like we own, we own, um, I don't want to say own, um, but we have signed uh, Addison Ray to a five-year licensing deal. And she's the equivalent of, I don't know, uh, what's a, what's a small island, another small island? I don't know. Cuba. Cuba, Cuba has not has gone um, has gone rogue. You know they're no longer communist. So now Addison raised there. Now you got two islands, and that's Jeff Bezos. And Jeff Bezos slowly, slowly takes over the Caribbean.
2: Yeah. And now Pirates of the Caribbean is really just an Amazon documentary.
1: Yeah. I am. Boom. That, that, All right, that's a Netflix series right there.
2: I will ask. Can I go to the bathroom right now?
1: No. All right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go. What am I going to do? I'll (laughs) be right back. Now, listen, guys, I don't really want to edit this podcast at all, so I'm just going to talk about stuff. So... Um, I don't know. How are you guys doing? If you've listened up to this point, thank you. I hope you're uh, having a good time. Maybe subscribe 50% of the listeners of this YouTube channel. Don't subscribe. So if you want to subscribe, that would uh, help a lot. If you're listening on your audio on your favorite audio platform right now, we're on Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, pocket cast, all the fun ones. So uh, maybe give us a follow share. I don't want to ask too much of of the people um, that listen to this just because Oh, is that is that Paul? Oh, man, I, I hope he didn't I – hope, I hope he's aiming properly. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes you just you just got to aim properly. Take your time, dude. Take your time. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you've been enjoying the podcast up until now. Uh, follow Paul on, on Instagram. It'll be probably linked down below if you're interested. Um, look at his TikToks. He's on, t- on the talk. Um, he's on, he's on the TikTok, He's on f- uh, probably a bunch of other things. Check out his Instagram. It's funny. He's got all of his content, uh, over there, but yeah. So basically, um, Jeff Bezos has taken over Guam and he's taken over, um, uh, all these islands and that's what Jeff Bezos is doing. But yeah. I kind of feel bad for dissing on Jeff Bezos. Now that Paul has kind of described him as maybe a humble dude. I, I rip on Jeff Bezos a lot. I have no interest, you know, I, I, I'm apologizing to Jeff Bezos. I want an Audible sponsorship. I've decided I'm, I'm gonna sacrifice my ability <laughs> to make fun of Jeff Bezos and you know, um, and all of that in order for me to get an Audible sponsorship. So, yeah, yeah.
2: That's a smart. That's a smart plug right there. By the way, um, what, what sponsors do you have so far?
1: Goose egg. Zero. Is that so what people say? Goose like- egg.
2: You have, um, how many subscribers do you have so far?
1: 150, uh, 149. Dude,
2: 149. I mean, that's a lot of subscribers. Even I subscribe, man. I mean, I like your show. You should start taking advantage of that because that's way more than you think. Like we're talking like if you were to do, I don't know. It's up to you actually. I'm just I don't saying. don't know. You could I don't know if I want to go the there yet.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I'm having fun with this, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Like, what, what am I? I speaking of sponsorships, I saw a Casper mattress commercial that really like got me a bit irked. I've been I've been what a bit happened? I've been a bit more pent up uh, as of late because you know inside a, uh, inside a house for nearly half a year isn't a healthy way to live your life. But anyways, uh, I was listening to this Casper mattress commercial, and it's like this woman in a she's like in a pantsuit kind of thing, acting all like you know tough and posturing, and then there's like this weak dude wearing a Bill Gates sweater vest. And he's like, this Casper, this Casper dog mattress is so big. I thought I was going to sleep there. And then his wife is like, no, honey, you get the big bed. And I'm like, for a moment, I'm like, am I a part of the patriarchy or is this just a really dumb commercial?
2: (laughs) Am I so disconnected that I can't understand these people?
1: Yeah. Is this just a waste of marketing dollars? It's just, I don't know. You're really enjoying that margarita right here. So far on this podcast...
2: About, um, so, like, I don't know how long we're going, but it, it's got the ingredients of two margaritas.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's not really
2: that much. Um, it's just, like, a it's a casual drink. But it looks huge, yeah.
1: doesn't it? Yeah, maybe it's the illusion of the glass and everything. So far, so a margarita, that's something new. So far in this podcast, there's been a couple bong rips, a couple um, people, you know, smoking some legal, uh, legal uh, cannabis. There's been...
2: Is, it, is I this know. the part of Joe Rogan where we start smoking
1: weed? No, I'm 15, dude. I don't want to smoke. Literally, I don't want <laughs> I hope you don't drink either. 15
2: is too young. I can't it's handle way, anything. Way I, you
1: know, I can't like, like I don't know. It's overrated. All that, all that stuff. Oh, let, let's let's drink. Why? So you can like stumble around a, a suburban house, you know, and and you know, I I don't know. What are you trying to do? Forget yeah, it.
2: at 15, it makes no sense. Uh, and you're smart for not doing it, dude. I mean, I didn't drink. It, until- also, it's
1: like, it's not necessarily That's like I, I'm, I'm tearing up the suburban party circuit in any way. <laughs> I'm just like,
2: Well, you know. with your rap career, you're crushing it yeah Just doing
1: a lot live demos right stop guys pause pause this thing one more time i've been uh waiting to announce this but i'm teaming up with a bunch of rappers that have come on the podcast and i'm announcing my official departure uh from podcasting and i will be releasing my um debut mixtape uh big money get turnt next friday nice. on all streaming platforms thanks to uh united masters so yeah that's cool uh what, what's the um
2: what, what would you say what's the name of the first song again
1: <laughs> i'm not i don't have a mixtape you know you, <laughs> <laughs> you think i had a mixtape you think it was wait was that, that was well, am i that convincing
2: no i was expecting the improv to just continue i wanted to see how Uh-oh. many songs you could oh i was like okay and really you're playing
1: you yeah i thought i thought you thought i was that convincing i'm like damn i'm on my la stuff right now you know they're gonna they're gonna fly me out to some warner Bros. studio where i meet an annoying executive but yeah no, the first, oh, called, okay. the first song is called. The first song is called "New Dropout," and then the second song is called um, "I don't know some Cash Money stuff," and then, and then the third song is called um, "Derivative of what everyone else is doing." I would yeah. like
2: Cash Money stuff as the name of a trap song. That sounds like it would be lit. That's a Maybe. top ten right there. Cash Money stuff
1: get like Travis that. on that get Travis Scott on that you know all the, all the fun stuff you get
2: Juice World post-mortem of course yeah man. they have him on an AI
1: <laughs> well they did you hear about like the uh, the studio announced that they casted they, they cast James Dean as an actor in their movie they were gonna CGI James Dean into their movie
2: fine if you CGI James Dean into it but you can't say that you casted him
1: No, no, they said, they, like, made this whole statement about how they're um, putting James Dean in the movie. It's like, this dude's dead, and he's like, yeah, he's going to be... So, basically, we can just revive anyone at this point through technology, which is a scary thing. (laughs) Well, I should
2: probably give up on acting, because anybody who's already come before me is probably a better actor.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I don't know, who's a a standout actor? Like, I don't know, are they going to bring AI Orson Welles back to do, you know... A, a new movie gone with a the tide yeah. L- L- they'll probably well, no. gone
2: with- orson
1: welles didn't do gone with the wind why did i say gun with the wind i was thinking of he did citizen kane that's that's it but yeah ah, louis ck go. yeah they're gonna get louis ck um they're gonna create a cgi version of louis ck louis ck can go retire on his own and you know um be with his family and all that stuff. And then they're going to make the Louis CK version, uh, in CGI. He's just going to cause a bunch of controversy, uh, stir up a bunch of problems. And there, he's going to be, you know, the example of what's wrong in the world.
2: Yeah. I remember that movie about Louis CK's life, uh, post-mortem, of course, um, that really hit me in the emotions. And it was that time that he was masturbating and it just, <laughs> it just, it made it, I cried. You cried. I know that.
1: No, I didn't. <laughs>
2: You didn't cry during that. You're not
1: human. No, I wasn't into it. You're
2: not human. I wasn't You're into, it. I wasn't I was into so, it. It was. It was one of the. I can't. I can't continue that. Louis yeah. C.K. is big. Yeah. No, we're not gonna. You don't like <clears throat> Louis C.K.? No, we're we're not talking about any famous comedians. For me, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a smart move. At all.
1: That's a smart move. That's a smart move. But <laughs> let's just not do that. Let's just not. Shout out Louis C.K. Actually, I I actually Shout really lo- I actually really like the guy's stand up. Like that was a dumb bit about Louis C.K. Um, I don't know. Is Louis C.K. an intimidating guy? I don't know. Pete Davidson did a bit about him that wasn't really well received. Louis has a solid group of fans, you know.
2: Wasn't well received. What do you mean?
1: A lot of people didn't like Pete Davidson's special one because everyone hates Pete Davidson for some reason. And two, I love him so much. I didn't even know people hated him. No, a lot of people are like, this dude sucks. <laughs> like he should die in a hole and never his, um... like, like a lot of people on the internet just suck. And that's why I'm thinking if, if, yeah. you know,
2: like I don't know. Pete Davidson is a genuinely funny human being. Did that translate to his most recent stand up special? I don't know. Maybe not. Like the um, demeanor was it.
1: super awkward and stuff like that. Like
2: he seemed a little bit nervous when he was on stage, uh, but that's also part of his persona. That, that's kind of part of his like cult of personality, right? And he, yeah,
1: uh King of Staten Island was good. At least his performance. I think it ran a bit too long.
2: I love that movie so much. How about you?
1: Um, I was disappointed. Disappointed. I think. yeah, I don't know. Too long. There were some weird shots that threw me off. Like, there were some awkward POV, like, shots of Bill Burr's face, like, right in your thing. And you see this bright uh, orange mustache. And I'm like.
2: <laughs> so, it's so weird that you say that because I obviously lived for the Bill Burr cameos in every single, as many No, it wasn't a cameo.
1: About. He had, like, a legit role in that. Like, he, he oh, was no. one of the, he's like, one of the best, one of, if not the best part of the movie, aside from Pete Davidson. But, like, the movie didn't have a story. Like, you, it's an, it's an impossible movie to spoil. Like, there's not a lot of growth in the character. He just does stuff.
2: He, um... Um... Huh.
1: Like, so it's that's, 2 that's hours and 17 minutes. Where does he start? Where does he finish? Like... Where does he start? Where does he finish? Well, I mean... He starts on Staten Island, and he ends up uh, <laughs> on the Staten Island Ferry, uh, going into, you know, Manhattan. <laughs> like...
2: Going on a, um, so static characters contribute to storytelling. They do, and they're important because static characters are, exist for the sole purpose of accentuating the growth of the characters that you care about. Or, or sometimes just another character, but I think the most important is like the main characters. Um, so static characters should always be taken with a grain of salt for why they're static,
0: yeah. Unless
2: it inhibits the movie.
1: Yeah, uh, there's so some...
2: many static characters that it's like why is this guy just not changing this Yeah, so that was
1: awesome. some Ivy League logic right there. So you know what? I'm a vibe with that. I'm
2: I, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> No, that's just um that's that's why static characters are there. It's um it, it's yeah. it, it's it's as a foil. Foils are ju- are the type Okay, so there's so much genius in providing a foil to any genius or creative genius whatsoever that's uh, in creating a story, mm-hmm. because many times a main character will be what like an author or a writer wants to be, and yeah. a static also, character will represent a part of somebody that they already are.
1: One thing: if Louis C.K., Pete Davidson, or Bill Burr, and by some <laughs> by some way, happen to be listening to this right now, oh, I have okay. no. I'm a fan of all three of you. Bill Burr, yeah. probably the biggest out of all three. I think I've seen... Yes, uh, I think I've seen Paper Tiger. And uh, I've listened to a bunch of his albums on Thing. I've watched F is for Family over and over a ton. I'm sorry you feel that way. Hopefully, I'm not butchering the titles. So, I just seem like I'm like posturing as a fan or something like that. It is fairly... You're you forgetting
2: know. you people are all the same. which is Yeah, also you people fantastic are, all,
1: are all the same. Um... Walk your way out. Another one. Like he—he's got so many. He's got so, like Bill. I'm a fan. Don't roast me. <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, hey, getting
2: roasted he'll, he'll, by Bill Burr was one of my dreams. Comes yeah,
1: through. I don't know. I've been. I listened to him on History Hyenas. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is with uh, Chris De Stefano, Papas, and, and he just like ripped. love
2: Chris De Stefano. He is yeah. so underrated. I don't care how famous he ever gets. No, he is he's so underrated.
1: He made, like, he has this thing, like, he went on Fighter and the Kid right before, like, the world went weird. And some of his lines in that thing are, like, friggin' gold squared. But, yeah, Bill Burr, I'm sorry if I butchered any of your special titles, you know? This has been rolling for quite a bit, and, you know, I am 50. Please don't judge me
2: for anything I'm doing on this podcast, Bill Burr. Um, Bill?
1: bill do not uh bill I, bill billy is
2: uh we call him in the biz
1: sorry uh mr burr yeah, the billy biz um
2: mr burr um he hates that
1: yeah i think you're doing great things with all uh, he would probably be like hey, why are people kissing why are people why are why are you sucking like why are you kissing ass you know what i mean shout out to bill burr you know i have that ability ah, to cool. shout to shout out people anyways moving on uh, yeah i uh,
2: no yeah um Bill Burr is a big inspiration just from Boston. You know, um, what's really cool is Bill Burr don't – I don't even know if Bill Burr understands his importance to Boston. He talks about how much he loves it and stuff like that, and he pays homage to it all the time because he's a true Boston guy. Uh, but I, I don't – I guess it's one of those things that's like when you're – as you're living, how are you supposed to know how important you are? And It's kind of a hard thing to understand, right? But I guess. He sold out the TD Bank North Garden, which is the name of the Boston Garden now, right? Yeah. And I was Ubering at the time. Just going to open mics all, as much as I could, uh, but before the open mics started and uh, before I even started going to open mics, I started Ubering uh, just for the freedom. It was good money in Boston, horrible money in California. Don't do it here. Holy <laughs> God. Awful. Yeah. Uh, but in Boston, it was easy. I was making stupid money. And I remember driving around during a Celtics playoff game. No, not even a Celtics playoff game. It was just a Celtics-Oklahoma City Thunder game, and this is NBA. Um, Celtics came back a ridiculous – like 24 points or something to win, and nobody thought they would because there was 12 – they had to come back by like 12 or 10 points with an impossibly small amount of time, and they did it to win the game. And I was outside of the garden waiting for people to come out, to drive them, and yeah. what ended up happening was I was listening to the game on the radio, and a bunch of people left early because it was obviously impossible for the Celtics to win. And a bunch of people flooded around my car to listen to the radio because I was screaming at people. I'm like, "You don't get it! It, it look, we might come back. It's getting better." And I'm am shouting at people, and so yeah. I'm in the middle of that street, uh, right next to the Garden, uh, right in front of a oh I forget the name of the bar. Whatever, doesn't matter. And Everybody, we won. Yeah. People jumping up and down in this crazy frenzy. That's how big of a deal sports are to Boston. And without that one part of, like, people chilling around my car, that mentality, that energy, people jumping up and down in front of the streets excited, uh, people packing the bars, was exactly what it was like the first time that Bill Burr sold out the garden. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And people still talk about it whether you were there. If you weren't there, where were you when your buddies went? Uh, where were you the first time that you watched that special? So it's like, yeah, he matters a lot uh, yeah. to the city of Boston, to Massachusetts probably. But.
1: Some of his Conan interviews are absolutely legendary. Like, <laughs> he
2: doesn't care. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like Conan rolls with it, which is cool. Like Jimmy Fallon, he, he went on Fallon I think in like 2014 or something. He's probably been on since. But it was just like so awkward because he's got to keep it like so – you know clean and stuff but conan could kind of roll with it because it's tbs and stuff but yeah yeah shout out shout out the homie bill burr (laughs) yep
2: Yep. legend Um, yeah active legend
1: yeah (laughs) Um,
2: who would you say you're um so you seem to be like a fan of comedy yeah yeah
1: i'm a a fan i know a fair amount you know at least with the new stuff
2: um, let's do a top five I don't wanna be interview esque. I know that's not really like your thing. Uh, I, but I don't want know to be I, top five. I don't know. Who's if I have. in your top five? Doesn't have to be an order or anything like that. But if you had to scramble up Okay, Burr uh, Chappelle.
1: Okay, uh in no specific order. Uh Burr, Chappelle, Mulaney, um. Tom Segura, why not? Throw him in there. He's great. And I'm I'm trying to think uh Okay. Four, okay. Hell yeah. Like, I don't even know. It's really odd to say. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, ones that I've, like, listened to repeatedly just because I really, like, have a soft spot for them. And... Damn, I don't know. Let's go, maybe Carlin. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that.
2: George Carlin? Okay. Can I ask you a genuine question? How many of Carlin's specials have you seen?
1: Um. are mostly YouTube clips. It's mostly YouTube clips. I have Class Clown on vinyl, but I bought it to say I bought it. But like, what? okay, what's your because family? Because I don't because I don't dude? have a, I don't have a I don't have a proper um, vinyl record player. The one I have is like one of those crappy Crossley ones. So I don't want to wreck the record.
2: What got you into comedy? I'm um. very intrigued now. The fact that you have a Carlin vinyl is. Very intriguing to me. It's got to be to your audience. I don't know if you've talked about it in one of no. Like I have a vinyl collection.
1: I have a small vinyl collection. I have some Monty Python records that I just bought to like have. Um, I haven't really listened to them. But you're too
2: young to have that stuff or to like appreciate it, according to the rest of the world. Obviously, you are. I think if Carlin was around, I think if Carlin,
1: I think if Carlin was around today, a lot of people would love him. You know, like I think he would be huge like maybe even bigger than he was before. And that might be dumb to say, but like, I don't know. His voice is really missing. So I think that whole argument about you're too young to appreciate it is, is kind of silly. Um, not to like attack you or anything. Um, no, not me. Like, I'm
2: saying that's what the rest of the world would say. I'm trying to think I think of, oh, that you I also like Aziz
1: Ansari. I also do like Aziz Ansari. I know, uh, I am a fan of a showmaster of none. Um, right now really? uh, is his special. Cool. Yeah. I do like Aziz. Um, regardless of what people say i know a lot of like people have interesting things to say about the guy but i do appreciate uh some of the guy's work you know a good a good chunk of his work
2: you know he's so famous and i still think he's underrated aziz
1: i don't know like i was no you
2: obviously um, um you obviously re- understand comedy you love the history of comedy you're very young for having that sort of appreciation for a thing is what mm-hmm. i'm saying
1: maybe the just rest because of the world, like
2: Probably it's, say like, "Oh, he has no idea what he's talking about with George Carlin." And it's like, "No, dude, you have a vinyl of George Carlin." Yeah, and well, like, like that's—I'm not that gonna posture. My mind. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna posture and say like I'm the biggest George Carlin fan. I was saying like within that top five, kind of like, like, like yeah. that kind of mentality of just like not giving an f and and just going like by my gut and everything and just being 100 percent honest. Like that's kind of why I put him in that top five but like I'm trying to think like it's it's weird because I consume it so much but at the same time I mean if you want to go super vulgar and stuff you can go with like a Joey Diaz or something like that I, I really appreciate his stuff and um yeah like I don't know I, I don't know like it's just it's just I, I consume a lot of it but like it's a name top five would be like crazy to say like how I got into it honestly like I was in Florida one time and and I decided to watch uh the comeback kid John Mulaney's uh 2016 special I believe oh my god
2: it's such a good show yeah and then I I call it a show I know it's a special yeah it felt like a show comeback kid was just
1: yeah Yeah. different level it's great yeah it's great it's great my mom didn't like it. She's like, ah, oh, this is just some, another, like, white dude talking about nothing. And I'm like, I'd agree to disagree. My mom's a big Nate Bargatze <laughs> fan, I do have to say. Um, shout out to uh, Nate Bargatze. Uh, Nate Bargatze. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do really like Nate Bargatze as well.
2: I don't know who that is.
1: Really? He has such a, he has such, like, informal, chill style. He's cool. He is special. The Tennessee Kid is out on Netflix and stuff. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, I, I got to watch that. Neem Bargat. Oh, wait. Oh, no. I've seen him. Okay. Wait. Nate Bargatze. Oh, also,
1: I, I'm a big fan of Mark Norman. I'm really like into N-A-T-E, Mark Nor- NATE, right? Yeah, NATE. Oh, Mark Norman
2: is a legend in the making. Absolutely. But I know who Nate Bargatze is. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, heard um, you, I also I like Sam Mar-
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. Who cares? If you like, if you didn't pick up on that, it's like, I'm sure Nate Bargatze, number one, isn't listening. And two, I don't, I don't think the guy would necessarily be offended. No, Nate, oh, yeah. Nate
2: Bargatze is actually like, like I can spell his last name. I see his clips all over Instagram. I yeah. Have he, to watch he's got Instagram.
1: Special. He's got Instagram on lock right now.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, well, good. Mark Norman and Sam Morrill do as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm actually, I brag to people because I'm on Sam Morrill's like community text thing. You, oh, you know that yeah, sort of fad that's going
1: on. Yeah, everyone's doing that. He's
2: replied to me twice.
1: Really? Like personally? Just Do you know just, that's him though?
2: Just say yeah, please the uh, That's cool. It might be, dude. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know if Samurai's like specific it is, because he says it is, but
1: I don't know if Samurai's like, you know, <laughs> hiring people. You know what? There are many social media agencies that could <laughs> be running that, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Shout out to Samurai. I watched a special. It's friggin' solid it's 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 more it's, than ram- solid it's like it's it's in comparison to like netflix is just kind of like throwing around specials and a lot of people are like oh it's not the same anymore or like whatever the the game is changing and stuff but in terms of like a free special even joe list just put a, a special i haven't seen all of it but like there's something about that new york style where they just like ram jokes in nonstop. like the the proficiency yeah. in their joke writing is like there's a different level of artistry between like a New York comic and LA comic. And that's nothing against like LA comics. And I'm not talking about like the average, like, you know, like underground open mic or like um, getting development spots or things like that. But there just seems to be like, I don't know, because there's like a misery in the atmosphere you could say in, in New York. And this could be ignorant to say, but like th- the artistry might be better. And in LA there's like a better b- grasp of the business of it. I could be wrong, but Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It depends. Uh, that's actually an astute observation. It really is. Uh, the thing, the problem is, is that L.A. is commercialized.
1: Yeah, everything. There
2: are incredible artists here.
1: But and Dylan, another one. They sorry. They get
2: commercialized, and that's the issue. So, if you're coming out of Toronto, as an example, if you're coming out of Boston, if you're coming out of um. Then you might be, uh, you seem less commercialized because the people that are making it out of there are the absolute best of the best that yeah. get famous there. And in L.A., you're, you're a, a quick drive to the producer. It's just beneficial for them to, like, you know, figure out who around them they can advertise and get big. So the people from L.A., the the, the people that you tend to see from L.A., tend to be more commercialized types of comedy, but there are so many amazing artists that don't get picked up from there as well. Yeah. But some of them do. But what you're observing and what you're like seeing is totally yeah. true. Most of the pe most of the LA comics have a very commercialized style. Yeah. And when you're what you're seeing from New York is with that quick joke writing, I would argue that's because of the presence of SNL. I mean obviously New York City is she be old SNL, a maybe old in the underground.
1: SNL but, does not have nearly the influence as it did uh, back in the day. Like not yeah. anymore. SNL's yeah, kind sure. of SNL's kind of trash now. You could you could go both <laughs> that. Like that. I don't Dude, even think that's a bold that take. Like the whole thing with the Shane Gillis thing, like that whole situation, Man. like it just proves that they're kind of just like very corporate at this point. It's all about the advertising, all all that all that stuff.
2: If I ever got a writing spot on SNL in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ Our Savior uh, 2020, I can only imagine how difficult it would be because they're on a mainstream network. Yeah. And things that people like about comedy is that it pushes boundaries. And the issue with SNL, I think is that they literally aren't allowed to. And they have to do with what they have. And that's been the decline. What's in viewership, in ratings, all of that stuff. What is cool is that SNL keeps churning out extremely talented comedy actors and writers.
1: Yeah, like Melissa. Which is uh,
2: interesting because, which is interesting because a lot of people aren't happy with the SNL product itself, which I, I totally don't blame you for having that opinion either. I think the product that SNL creates every now and then, like, like they especially have some right banger
1: sketches. It like was I, so
2: hard compared to older years.
1: Yeah. But it becomes, like, there's also, like, like, they have a different, like, style of, of joke writing kind of thing. Like, they have, like, the, those Ivy League, like, ultras. Like, isn't Colin Joe's, like, Harvard stuff? So they have, like these Ivy League guys, and they kind of figured out the math to comedy. And you can kind of see that with like Seth Meyers and late night where you have to churn out monologues on the daily. Right. And, and this yeah. is just kind of an outsider looking in, but they found a, like a math to comedy where it's like set up, uh, uh, you know, and then, and then a misdirect. And there's kind of like a list of options within what could be the misdirect. And, and that's what they pick. And, and then they just go through the list and that's yeah. what the monologue is.
2: Set up punchline and they keep it to that. Uh, with pretty much everything, and it, what what you like to compare it to, not you, the general you, mm-hmm. what you like to compare it to is what SNL used to be, and it was stuff like uh, everybody always quotes stuff like John uh, Belushi mm-hmm. as an example, uh, Chevy Chase. Wait, that was National Lampoon. Different, obviously. Okay, yeah. so re, re,
1: re, I'm re and back. I'm gonna I'm be sorry. I'm gonna be really but like honest John
2: here. Like Belushi was on SNL, and like as an example, he would do this. I'm not too well versed
1: in SNL history, but yeah.
2: Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, I'll screw it up for you. (laughs) But but John Belushi, like, he would would do the most outrageous things. Chris Farley, uh, Will Ferrell, as an example, it got to the point where it didn't matter what the writing was. You tuned in because that person would bring it to life. And people respect that type of stuff. People respect the type of actors that bring things to life, improv a little bit on the, on the moment, and enjoy stuff. And, and what I think SNL has become that a lot of people are worried about when they watch it and they kind of see it, sense it is that there is so much censorship with SNL that there is no improv anymore. You can see them reading the cue cards, yeah, and that makes all... it less fun. It's way more fun thinking that they have to read that cue card, and they fuck up. Or, yeah. or, or they improv the situation because that cue card just wasn't funny enough. And that type of freedom, I think, has been left. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, think it has just... anything to do with um, Chuck Lorre or any of the actors. I think they all want that to happen. I don't think that they're allowed to.
1: Um, well, there's been a drastic shift in, in what it's been ever since November 2016. Ever since November 2016, yeah. they've gone full kind of sjw orange mad bad all all that vibe they've gone completely in that direction which a lot of people don't care to see because they already consume that enough so it's just like it's it's
2: already the normal exactly yeah
1: it's like it was meant to be something like different you know like almost counterculture to a certain point like something edgy and boundary pushing and now it's just as bland and mainstream as it gets like, i don't know like, whenever, like, Mulaney comes back on, you can tell there's, like, a different vibe of that episode. You know? You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's a bit mundane. It's and also, it's like, he's
2: the...
1: how are they going to adapt to a pandemic? Like, yeah. are they going to have a bubble situation where it's, like, no interaction and you're just strictly, like, in this thing? You know what I mean?
2: That's, uh... That...
1: Like, you Great can't have one of those shows
2: all around. It's, like...
1: It's like you can't – what Andrew Schultz is doing right now is like the perfect way to adapt to, like, a pandemic. I don't know if you've seen his five-minute things.
2: Oh, of yeah. course I have. His um, – you, you know what's cool about the Andrew Schultz thing? What? It's not new. It's not new at all.
1: No, That's he's taken the – like what so cool. The monologue format, and he doesn't have any political affiliations, and he's not owned by anyone. Or, or their beliefs and doesn't have to push any rhetoric. So I can just kind of pew pew on both sides, go off on both sides, and you have some good comedy. Yep. It's good comedy,
2: unfiltered. Yeah. Uh, stuff that I hope that a lot of comedians strive to be. It's stuff that I hope to be. Um, I am just unfortunately a very liberal person uh, for the fact that, like, you know, I mean, I grew up like bisexual and shit like that, and my own personal experiences tend yeah. to make me more leftist. That's it. It's just like uh, the, the idea of like, I understand where a lot of those disenfranchised groups come from. Mm. Uh, I I have to side with them more often than not. Not a hundred percent of the time. Uh, I think That's there's safe. a lot of things that are a little bit more centrist than other people believe. But when it comes to comedy, Andrew Schultz, the idea of not giving a folk, uh, a folk <laughs> Schultz yeah. uh, the idea of not giving a fuck about those types of things and just trying to make as many jokes as possible uh, with the type of monologue that he does with the little like uh, things and the side panel right here, that's not new. That's been YouTube since the dawn of YouTube monologues. Yeah. And there's so many people that have done it. The two things that are unique about Andrew Schultz's is that one, he doesn't have any cuts. Well, his, yeah, his he does.
1: But uh, they're very subtle, and there's the a thing mm, what? there are cuts, there are some different camera angles, but yeah, it's like crazy, like the volume of jokes like that New York joke writing style is clearly there because you know he is a New York comic but, and all that, all that,
2: yeah. that's true but if you were to compare it to like old YouTube or even current YouTube, or just in general everything that's been like it, that format is very used, but his ability to go so long before a cut that's impressive for him to be able to stare at you stare at the camera and just go i don't know if there's a teleprompter even if there is incredible stuff
1: yeah
0: and
2: that takes comedic talent uh, that takes uh being in the moment talent not only memorizing your lines but it's so complicated to go for as long as he does without the sort of side cuts or well, there people, are some like, side cuts does. there are a few it's, but it's very talented. It's just talented and people appreciate that.
1: No, the guy's content is great, but it's like late night has adapted. Like there's this YouTuber, I, I don't know his name, but he had a really good video on like, has late night become better as a result of the pandemic? Kind of like, I, I crapped on Seth Meyers two episodes back and it's like, I didn't, I kind of didn't have a full understanding of what the show is, but like some of the bits are better. Conan's doing some interesting stuff out of the Largo theater. Um, Colbert is doing okay. his thing. Um, Fallon is back at, in, in his studio, but Fallon is kind of like nonsense at this point. But yeah, like in terms of adapting to the pandemic, it's like, it, SNL can't do that. And like real cable television programs, it's difficult for them to do that.
2: Well, what's the one that you would tell people to go see right
1: now? Like, what uh, do you mean? I mean,
2: you got Andrew Schultz. My show, that's what you need to see. version of a late night. That's what and you need to see.
1: This show. That's what you need to watch. This there show. you
2: fucking go, baby. Yeah. Let's go.
1: Support this show. You know what? Because uh, we're inherit- inheriting an economy that sucks. So if you want to support, even if your, friend, if your friend has a t-shirt business and he's really passionate about them, support him, Or so her, whatever, whatever the term is nowadays. I, I, you know, all, all that stuff. Yeah, hey, I just... got
2: merch that just launched, uh, two, uh, what day is it? Tuesday? Two mm-hmm. days ago.
1: Well, I want to launch merch we'll eventually. That. I want to launch merch eventually because my art style is fairly unique and cool and interesting. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not yeah. the art style like the the logo and like the episode art that I do. It's That's it's, all you. You yeah, do yeah, that. that you yeah, that's on me. me. That's on me. I didn't I don't pay anybody. I'm a cheap mofo as it go? I'm <laughs> the
2: exact same type of person when it comes to all of that original artwork. Yeah, I'm going to do it myself. myself. I did it for all my shirts. Uh, the underwear, like, fucking everything. Yeah. Everything is me. So I get that. Cool.
1: Yeah, I, feel- I also, like, don't want to pay somebody else to, like, screw up my creative process. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it, it, when everything is kind of put into perspective nowadays, it's like, why am I going to waste my time not doing things my way? You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just funny that you say that because – so many people waste time doing it not their way. Yeah. And it's like, what are you even doing? L- like I talked about with the TikTok thing, that was weird that you mm-hmm. just did a jump cut.
1: No, Nobody's yeah. going to
2: believe that that sentence was continuous. But anyway, No, no, because my camera <laughs> really. just
1: died, so I got to transition to the integrated webcam. So, oh, yeah. Okay, good. yeah. Um, You've made it to the second college, portion. Yeah. It's all right yeah uh, in the thumbnail, they're gonna see the nice picture anyway, so it's like, what do I care?
2: Yeah, fuck em. honestly no, I don't want to so say so f my of, fans. It's weird. Luke.
1: I don't want to say f my fans, but yeah, I, I just think about life and no, how, not know. fuck your fans. Yeah, but you know that's the big thing
2: game. that I genuinely believe in genuinely believe. in. Um, the idea of fucking that that sentence, that vibe mm-hmm. matters so much in being yourself in general. It has nothing to do with your fans. Respect your fans. Mm -hmm. But what you want your fans to be is fans of you and not fans of something that you're trying to uh, uh, be that's not you. I'm not talking profession. I'm not talking professional podcaster. I'm not talking anything else. You are presenting what you believe is the best version of yourself. And people are fans of that, of you. So not fuck them as in fuck your fans. I'm saying fuck them as in like the people that don't care, the people that don't consume, that don't want to consume. The, the people that think that like whatever you're doing is bad. Those uh, people call them haters. I think it's a, a larger group because nobody's universally popular completely. Mm. But the idea of fuck them, if you go into most things like that, you can still take into, your, uh, in, into account your audience, which obviously every stand-up comedian has to do. You know that. Uh, just seeing any stand-up comedian go onto YouTube and show he- how they deal with hecklers. Take your audience into consideration. It's not just the heckler you're acknowledging. You're acknowledging the entire audience's point of view. Same exact thing with YouTube. Same exact thing with, e- with everything. But you're staying true to yourself. And the only way to stay true to yourself and not copy somebody else or copy things that you feel like might work in a situation because other people did it, yeah, is the attitude of "fuck 'em."
1: Yeah, my philosophy is stay jaded. But no,
2: no, your fans love you for you.
1: I don't know if any if any fan loves me, but if you love me, I love me too. Anyways, um, yeah.
2: Dude, you better man. This guy's podcast is dope.
1: Yeah, it's it's all right. It's 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 okay. You know what I'm saying, but yeah, uh, my philosophy is kind of like stay jaded, stay real, because there's so much BS out there. You kind of have to be on your toes and like have a little bit of like, you know, a healthy dose of trust issues never hurt anybody. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I mean, you're 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 talking to a member of the LGBTQ community, so correct. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you feel like that's that annoying that you are you like? <laughs> Do you think that's annoying though because everyone's like I identify as X Y and Z I'm uh I'm a, this is my heritage you know that's kind of like the first thing you talk about do you like do you find it annoying that you always have to like bring an identity to things and like you might not you might not be able to just be like Paul uh Paul the dude you have to be like Paul the dude who also happens to be um a bisexual man like you can't just like you know be Cause everything's identity. And I, and I've said this multiple times on the show before. It's like, if we, if we make everything about identity, it strips back everything that makes us human.
2: Hmm. So um, you've probably heard, I don't know. So, I want to frame this the correct way. And so taking the audience into consideration, uh, yeah. I will. I will not change who I am as a person or my views at all, but in how I present it. I'm intrigued by the place that you came from, because it is annoying to have labels, and you seem yeah. like the type of person that hates labels.
1: And yeah, that's I just thing. like. I don't know. It's annoying. Like life isn't so, JC Penny. Yeah, yeah. I want
2: to know more about your point of view.
1: Life isn't JC Penny, so I don't care. I don't care that you're
2: <laughs> life <Did> you... isn't. <laughs> Did you just say life is a JC
1: Penny? No, no, life isn't JC Penny. It's not about, you know, and not everything has a tag and a name to it. It's oh, like okay, you can gotcha. just be Paul the dude. Yeah, but people treat it like life is JC Penny. You
2: know? Yes. Okay. I I I've never heard that sentence. Yeah, before. I just came up with I it now. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm
1: a I'm a, I'm a comedic mastermind if you haven't seen already, I, you know. A little bit snarky, <laughs> but I'm wearing like this I Columbia dad jacket, which is super cozy, Be considering, like, today we've had fall weather. But anyways, um, I don't know. I just don't, like, it's an, it annoys me when, like, people, like, make everything. It's almost like, don't take this the wrong way, but, like, when people are, like, I identify as X, Y, and Z, and they nonstop, like, talk about it, it's almost, like, compensating for a lack of personality. And I'm not saying that they don't identify as that, and that's not important to who they are. I'm just saying that, like, it's not everything that you are. Like you're you're not you're not bisexual, Paul. You're you're Paul who who's passionate about X, Y, and Z. Who who uh, loves his family. Who has uh, desires and dreams in the world. Who just happens to fall in this category.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I I love your point of view because I know I'm, so I'm like a first I'm first
1: a one. I'm a I'm a gem. I'm a gem. But anyways, <laughs>
2: I'm saying I love your point of view because um, so. If I'm being completely honest, right, about mm. it, and w- which I strive to be at all times, you have the correct attitude towards it. So I'm not, I'm not, as, as South Park says, I am not the Jesse Jackson of gay people or anything like mm. that. <laughs> I am not the Jesse Jackson of LGBTQ. And he's yeah. not the Jesse Jackson. He's not the ju- black people. Who's Jesse I'm Jackson?
1: Like, Jesse Jackson? Why am I drawing a blank there? What does that mean? He's, I'm- um...
2: Google it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't all matter. Right. Point
1: huh. is, hopefully, is hopefully
2: <laughs> doesn't matter. Point is, is that like, I was
1: um, like, I was like some boomer to zoomer thing. It's just like, go, just Google it. Get out, of, get out of my hair. Just, just, just
2: Google go. it, dude. Uh, well, it's, at you, it. You J- it's at your Jackson fingertips.
1: You stupid millennial. Jesse Jackson
2: was a very, Jesse Jackson was a very, 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 very vocal person on black issues. That's all. Cool. Uh, and he obviously had an entire career behind that as well but he was also sorry a sorry if I and the joke in South Park in that episode was that like um people are just trying to do what Jesse Jackson says
1: and yeah.
2: it's like Jesse Jackson is not the emperor of black people yeah <laughs> it's like just because Jesse Jackson accepts your apology doesn't mean that everybody else does because you said the n-word like it's just like that that concept what, what you're are doing with. You... If you're saying that sexuality isn't a big deal and it's annoying to see that people don't, that that, that people have that part of them, identify them as an entire human being. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, it's just like, it's the first thing people say nowadays. Or it's like, even if people like have anxiety, it's like, if a kid has ADD, it's like, that's the first thing. It's like, oh, I'm medicated, I'm on ADD, ha ha ha. Or it's like, I have OCD. How many people do, how many people do? make that joke. It's like, oh, "I have OCD." It's like, "No, you're compensating." Yep. Sorry, like I, that's just the way I see it. Like everybody has these It's feelings. not a
2: lack of personality.
1: No. Enlighten me. It's not
2: a lack of identity. All right, cool. It's uh the way that I describe it is uh in terms of middle school. I always define it as middle school because it's the easiest thing for everybody to understand in the entire world.
1: There's no middle school. And it here. is that you start to see in, what'd you say? There's no middle school uh, where I am. It's just K to 12.
2: Well, like uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever, I know what you mean. Um, I know what you 11 mean, just elementary. Through, uh, uh, 11-year-olds through 13-year-olds. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. What, what is Canadian schools?
1: It's K to 12.
2: What, what, what's the age group for like middle-ish? Or is there none? Do you just have like two?
1: Grade like four, five, six, I would say. And then seven, eight is a bit more intermediate. And then high school is high school.
2: What's weird is we call intermediate school if it exists four and five, and then middle school six, seven. Yeah, years. your education That's system is not. Is not perfect.
1: the the you know the. It's example. also bad.
2: American education is just plain bad, but <laughs> it just is. Yeah. Not <laughs>
1: but, to say that what's going like, what we have is perfect. Identity. Oh yes, continue. Yeah, well,
2: probably nobody's perfect, but American no. education is disgusting. Regardless, I have a degree in English teaching. Um, I taught for a year. And that's cool it, it's just or gross. that
1: sucks it's,
2: it's, <laughs> it, it's so gross uh it doesn't matter uh ifs ands or buts it doesn't matter what school you go to it's bad inherently from where they come from that's mm-hmm. it it's just bad there, there, there's there's any argument against it wins because it's so bad yeah at that point you gotta change but since you don't change at all what, what, what are you expecting out of kids anyways mm. regardless of that in terms of identity with, like, the whole sexuality thing or, like, ADHD. Uh,
1: I shouldn't I'm compare. like, those are just two separate examples that I just came up with off the dome.
2: Completely different situations. It, it's it's things about somebody that they cannot change all that the make words. them different from other people. Yeah.
1: All the words. That's what I say. All the words. Exactly. All the disclaimers that you have to say. Just say all the words and get it over with. Let's be yeah.
2: real. Let, let's pretend that we said them all. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it's it does these. matter. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. The point is is that with the LGBTQ a uh, what a lot of people well now, call the alphabet community <laughs> now, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh because it's every letter. Um,
1: well they threw ally the in there. It's like Alli. um yeah. Why why? That's not an orientation. That's not what they I'm had to
2: add it because there's so many people against it.
1: Is it the Maybe. concept? You know
2: the reason why so many kids in middle school try to be the person that they look up to in a band, right? Yeah. The big reason that that happens, or a, a sports player, they 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 suddenly start dressing like their favorite sports player. They always talk about their favorite sports player. They, all these people, it's a portion of their identity. But the reason why it matters, that matters, and people treating being LGBTQA whatever. Uh, as a central portion of their identity is sad. And yeah. that's the issue that people sometimes miss. The reason why it defines them so much is because, say you, I, I don't know anything about your...
1: I'm, I'm pretty... How you
2: interact with people outside this type of podcast, right? I'm, I'm but pretty But say basic. you were constantly lying. Well, let's say that you're constantly lying. Constantly. Because, right. But for a good reason. The reason that you're lying constantly about a specific part about you isn't because you're a serial killer, isn't because of <laughs> anything else. It's because you like let, let let's say you like two uh, thousands pop. Let's say that you like 2000s pop and I everybody am I in am quite school, the
1: Britney Stan.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Leave her alone! Uh, yes. if you if you loved her so much and everybody who liked Britney Spears was ostracized at your school it's, it's to the point where it's not just your school it's your your friends parents and the mm-hmm. cool kids parents and the staff and your parents because your parents aren't talking about it but everything when you're when you're sitting in front of the tv you're acutely aware of the things that are not mentioned and are mentioned because they have to do directly with you. So you start paying attention to these things. And what happens is that over a small period of time, let's say 11 to 13 years old, what you start to notice is a congruous pattern. And the pattern is against you and against your fulfillment of having a happy life and against your uh, betterment, against your progress against you going through life without other people threatening to kill you, all that stuff. And that's what the LGBTQA community has. Not maybe allies. Allies are choosing specifically to support people.
1: uh, Yeah, it also ties into like virtue signaling a bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Say you're gay, say you're bi, say you're trans, uh, say you're everything in between those, right? There's a lot of things in between those. I, I apologize for missing anything. That's what are you going to do? You're,
1: you're a person at the end of the day. Because
2: you're defined by the thing that impacts your life the most sometimes. And the thing that impacts your life the most sometimes is the thing that you're lying about the most. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't come out until they're 18, 19, 20, 30, 40 years old because they are so afraid of that ostracization that has been normalized so long. When you're watching a TV show with your parents and a gay kid comes on or in like your dad makes a side comment, making fun of him because he assumes you're straight and you'll get it right? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Your mom, your mom makes a comment about how how excited she is for you to get your first girlfriend. She never mentions boyfriend uh, or significant other or any of those words. So because of those little things that just build up over a decade, sometimes over years, over every single day, and not to mention when you're in middle school, that's when kids learn about the word faggot. And they're calling everybody faggots as a bad word. And like, if you're, if you are a faggot, then suddenly everybody hates you. And, like, you realize that that word came from the gay part, you start to define it. And that definition, that identity, which is where that whole thing came from, I'm pretty sure, uh, goes into the rest of your life. I don't blame people anymore about having it be all of them. Because for a very long time, when you're hiding something at all times and you're constantly worried about having to lie about it, It becomes all of you. It's in every conversation that you have. You're worried about it coming out, so you're lying about it. Everything that you say misleads against it. And fuck, I mean, if you're doing that in your formative years, like your teenage years, all of your teenage years, you're lying, you're misdirecting at all times about the same thing, it becomes Mm -hmm. part of you. It, It almost becomes, in a weird way, a religion.
0: And or you religiously believe
2: that you have to lie. You have to do all these things. And, and that's why those people identify so much as like, I'm not just me. I am the bisexual me. I am the gay me. And, and it's not their fault. It's just sad to see because people are more than their sexual identity. What's frustrating to see is that is the reasons why that happens. This is my entire identity is my sexuality. No, it's not. You have, all, you have a million other things about you. But some people just get addicted to being able to be themselves for the first time in their lives and the adrenaline rush of being able to be truthful when they finally come out, whenever that is, that never goes away. Mm -hmm. And they rely on it as a source of happiness, as a source of dopamine levels, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just want a long-winded talk. I'm so sorry. No, no, but no. I don't I, know if you've ever looked at it in that point
1: of view. Don't apologize. I don't care. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to <laughs> vent, you vent. The, I don't, this isn't this isn't cable television. Do what you want. If you're comfortable with saying it, then well, what, what you, do you think you about you anything say? I yeah, yeah. I, I understand your point. That, like, I guess a lot of people don't can take into consideration, like uh, the hiding aspect that you mentioned. Um. Maybe the world could do uh, with more empathy. You know what I mean? Just you know, just uh, trying to understand as opposed to like villainize and just trying to antagonize everybody. And yeah, here's another aspect of that. It's like another way about of acceptance and being a part of the the community and just being being like you know, a like a, an average person is the ability to make jokes about something. So it's like with with this whole movement. Yeah. It's like, you can't make jokes about this group. It's like, if anything, that only, in a way, oppresses you more because you're further put into a box. You are you are the, you know, the frail, fragile glass object. It's like, why can't somebody make a joke about gay people? I mean, people do, and, like, it, that it works. Like, I'm I'm generalizing here. But it's like, why can't you make a joke about these Louis
2: C.K. was fantastic at it.
1: Yeah. It's like, now everyone's like sorry. It's like, you're not, you're still a human just because you identify within, you know, the, that community and, and all those things. Like you still, you still can get these hands within a joke. You know what I mean? Like you're not, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like Bill Burr yep. talks about joking about the military. It's like, same idea. It's like, you, there can't be like a protected class of people. I totally in terms agree of with joke. that joke. Yep. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't care. It's like, and then it becomes a thing where it's like identity becomes a thing where it's like a, it protects you. It's a shield. It's like, ah, uh, you can't come at me because I'm this. And then it becomes hate speech. And then it's a problem. And then you got to, yeah, gotta, uh, you got to make it, you got to turn it into a bill. And then it becomes law. And then you, you're a piece of crap because of it. It's like, whoa. I'm voice just cracked there. I like that. That's fun.
2: Yeah. I, t- I totally agree. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's a common joke in the LGBTQ community uh, to take these sort of things for granted and take mm-hmm. advantage of them, to mm-hmm. be able to be impervious. Now, I that's think a, that's a fun that word. every oppressed guru. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's, it, they are. They're totally impervious to any scrutiny at the moment. But what's interesting that you bring up is that I think uh, most I'm saying most because this does not include all, does not at all.
0: All the words most yeah.
2: uh, temporarily oppressed groups. Whatever you want to say about that, at some point they cannot become impervious anymore because from the jokes. Yeah. I'm not talking about employment. I'm not talking about laws. Yeah. I'm like, not talking I about I just mean that. like I'm I'm, I just comics.
1: mean like on a person to person basis. Like hey, you know. Yeah. It's funny that you're this. You know, like Dave Chappelle's jokes about that. You got flack for it, like. You can't be a... Like, and, and I he mean got flack
2: for the trans jokes, dude. The trans jokes were hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's just like they one person so that gets people got so mad. I feel like a lot of this outrage is engineered. Like, I don't think people really hated Dave Chappelle's special at all. Like, Sticks and Stones is solid at, at, like, from start to finish. There's no mediocre joke, basically. There's no fluff.
2: I've never met somebody who hates it.
1: Yeah, not so once. I think so I think a lot of this outrage is engineered and it's a very interesting thing. I don't know why it's engineered, I don't know what the purpose is. I get that goes back to divide and conquer. There's got to be an antagonist somewhere.
2: Yeah, views. It's just views inciting so um, all those you, things so you, are good for money. That's so it. you can
1: drag the viewer to an advertisement about some medication that's probably terrible for you. Exactly. Yeah
2: exactly that, that that's the that's the idea so yeah. like like first like i think first jeez my experience with the lgbtq community
0: mm-hmm. has
2: been they can take a joke better than anybody they're just the funniest clapbackers of all time they really fucking are I, I don't know a group of people who is funnier with their way of insulting back with their way of turning a joke onto somebody else That's my experience with community, and I think that's something to take pride of. They are witty as fuck, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know the. Well, sure. If if you're if
1: if you're lying to yourself because you have to, and everything's a defense mechanism, and and you're like trying to like get the hot potato off of you, of course, eventually you might become you know slick over time. That yeah. goes back to and, like and trauma breeding like comedy. Songs. That, that and stuff doesn't
2: like that. define every single person.
1: Yeah, some exactly. people there's that doesn't
2: define every <laughs> single person.
1: There's probably but some donts. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some yeah. dolts out there. You know what I'm saying? Some people just aren't up to up to up to speed.
2: It's so funny. And so like Yeah, they're the one group that can take a joke. They they real I don't I'm not gonna say one. I don't believe that. I'm sure there's other oppressed groups that can take a joke. I'm not going to list all of the oppressed groups in American history or world history. My experience yeah, with the oppression this Olympics, one is, that oppression they Olympics are is something so bad. Funny. And like, imagine calling a gay person a faggot. Can, can you imagine doing that right now in today's climate, in today's political climate? Can you imagine calling a gay person a faggot and not being completely destroyed?
1: And yeah, well, you moment, would lose your job. By the, you, by the you, people
2: around you, but let alone the gay person.
1: You would lose your job. If somebody
2: called me a faggot, I have like 10 or 12 jokes lined up in my backlog as like mm. immediate, immediate jokes to that person. It's like, oh, I see you called me a faggot. Let me roast you for the next two days. Oh, you're going to leave before then, but I'll keep doing it to my mm. friends. I won't stop. It's hilarious. It's funny. And like, it's somebody calling a gay person the F word. Let's just call it that from now on. I'll stop saying faggot on your thing. I'll just say it's explicit.
1: If anything, it gives it edge, and that's fine. Saying it's it's explicit.
2: I think we're finally at that point, which I think is a moment of pride, in my opinion, where it's not only taboo to call a gay person a faggot. It's not only taboo.
1: I don't think that it's but cool. You and you are it's worried about cool. the
2: repercussions immediately. You're not worried about getting fired from your job. You're not worried about all of these other things mm-hmm. that are going to impact your life. I'm talking about if you see a gay person and you call them a faggot, you are genuinely worried about the repercussions that that person's going to do to your mental. No. They're going to destroy you. It's Maybe. the easiest thing ever to do.
1: But I, that, that's the thing about like cancel culture and stuff like that. It's like, if said person gets canceled because they call somebody, uh, can you say the word for me? (laughs) Because they call somebody, uh, (laughs) there's a, there's a lot, there's a laugh factory bit about it where it's like, um, this white dude who hires a black guy to say the N word for him is pretty funny. But anyways,
2: um, almost sounds like a Dave Chappelle skit. (laughs)
1: yeah i don't know i don't know who it was but it's funny it's i think it's a laugh factory video how's my audio quality by the way i pushed the mic back a bit
2: i understand everything that you say
1: all right that's good enough um yeah i the thing about cancel culture is like somebody gets canceled for calling somebody a thing then um it might not they might like just harbor those feelings deep down and pass it on later on, as opposed to like having a nice learning experience. So this whole idea about eviscerating somebody because they have an, they hold an offensive belief is not helpful in the long run.
2: I agree. It's interesting. If I was walking hand in hand with my boyfriend down the streets of fucking wherever. And by the way, I don't know how I come off. A lot of people say that I come off as a very straight acting dude and that that's that's true probably for a lot of bisexual people because we can uh, we can move in and out of like both cultures very well, so to speak cultures the only reason the cultures exist is because of societal pressures in the first place, but like we can weave in and out we understand both but like i don't know somebody's saying the somebody called. The amount of hatred that is involved in a moment, even if you don't hate the person specifically that much, but to hate a person so much in the moment that you know that they happen to be LGBTQ and to call them a faggot as a way to, like, hurt them.
1: I don't think this happens that shows all that much. That shows a lot
2: of hatred. Now, now,
1: in the moment. Maybe in, like, Arkansas and Kentucky. Maybe it happens, you know? But I don't think in, like...
2: You're walking down the street and, and somebody bumps into you and it's like... You're you holding hands with your your boyfriend. Somebody's like, hey, "Watch watch where you going, faggot."
1: That happened. Has like, that happened to you many times?
2: I've been called a faggot more times than I can count, and I've also been, I mean, made fun of for being into guys more times than I can count. And the type of aggression is so uppity.
1: Yeah, it's weird. What do you think about the argument that people who like lash out on people who are are? You know a part of the community are just harboring feelings themselves do you buy into that or do you think like just some people suck
2: i think i think some people suck
1: mm-hmm.
2: there are so many people that so as an example me in high school
1: mm-hmm. when i
2: was trying to figure out if i was gay or not i thought i was like full-blown gay i thought i was full-blown straight all that shit going on mm-hmm. it's a crazy world to be lit dude like the the amount of hormones that you go through as a teenager is insane mm. popping boners in science class like all that uncontrollable shit like if you're if you're also into guys on top of that shit it is not crazy at all to have one of your defense mechanisms be to make fun of gay people so that people don't think you're gay i did it mm-hmm. in high school absolutely when i was a teenager going through it well, this maybe- guy that came out um his name was michael i made fun of michael hardcore when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. I later on apologized to him. I told him, Hey, like I was, I was, I'm into guys. I like, I was, I was worried people would find out. I was jealous of you that Mm -hmm. you could just be yourself. I told him about it, Mm -hmm. but like just the fact that that was me in high school, I played sports and shit. I didn't want people to know. I thought people would hate me. Yeah, it's totally true. The people that are the most vocal against gays tend to harbor some of those feelings.
1: Well there there's been like a bunch of like um politicians who have like been against it and then like they'll they'll OD and they'll be with like you know um you know a uh, uh person of you know it, you know you know what i mean <laughs> I know
2: <laughs> like, what you're talking about don't worry right. yeah. right. they'll hey, they'll get you don't exposed have to worry for about what yeah you're saying to me I yeah. give two
1: Some, shits, sometimes right? i'll be like sometimes i'll just kind of like say something with too many likes and ums and uh, and, and people still get it. So, you know what? No, a lot of people, like, I don't know what it, what do I know? At the end of the day, what do, what I, do
2: I know?
1: What do I know, dude? Seriously. Fuck you. Yeah. Yep. Dude, we've been rolling for a fat minute.
2: Yeah.
1: How long? Uh, over two hours at this point. Well, over two hours. No
2: way. High five. Yeah. High
1: five to the camera. High five. Yep. Zoom high five. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, the time it'll take to, like, export this and get everything going and stuff like that. Um, thank okay. you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Uh, I did. All the words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I hope you enjoyed having me on, too, man. Nah, no, uh, I don't know if I was, like, any other...
1: Nah, guesses. you're trash, bro. I, I basically,
2: I'm a trash panda. Yeah, yeah straight, up,
1: straight up whack. Like, you know, like... <laughs> Like, <laughs> like low tier guest. I don't know. Low tier guest. but that's okay because...
2: I hope I'm at least bottom of the pyramid. Like, I mean, at least give me weak
1: mm, level. I mean, you're like ground level, you know. You might be not pyramid, but like you support the pyramid. No, I'm playing. Multi-grain? Anyways,
2: Can I get multi-grain?
1: Sure. No, I'm okay. just playing. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, All the best. It is like late my time. So I also, you know, have to be a functioning individual that wakes up at normal times. But anyways, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, do you have anything to shout out and stuff like that?
2: Um, my first, uh, so as you're aware, uh, if you've trolled my content at all, uh, I am a newly paid comedian uh, and as like a job. So I am hosting a sort of interactive show on a, uh, on a new live podcasting app called Stereo.
0: Oh that's, oh, that's coming cool. up. It's
2: releasing on the August 27th. I'm going to be hosting a little bit of a show three hours out of the week. I'm going to be, uh, uh with one of my buddies named Derek. He's my writing partner. He's one of my best friends. I love mm-hmm. him. Um, the other seven hours is going to be something called Improvable situations. And I hope everybody downloads the app, uh, go follow Paul over on it. Uh, that's me and it's going to be fun.
1: All right, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. All the best. Follow his Instagram, all the stuff. All right. Cheers, man. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out the podcast on your favorite audio platform. All the best.